Support for Laser Time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LASERTIME. One word, LASERTIME, at manscaped.com. Once again, that promo code is LASERTIME for 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. The Rocketeer takes flight, meet the Toretto family, and Pixar's cars forever this week on 302010. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you back uh, across three decades into the, the coolest movie, music, video game, television, etc. releases we can possibly find. From this very week, this week being June 18th through the 24th, get 2021 out of your mind, because we're going to go back and visit 1991, 2001, and 2011, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? Tell a friend. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. And I'm Diana Goodman, and I don't care what kind of car you drive, if you invite me out to the desert for something called Race Wars, I'm not going! <laughs> they didn't have to name that right away. You could One more pass at Race Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> driving challenge driving challenge yes race battle um still not great no oh okay that might be bad too um it's in, the in race time we want it race theory not great either <laughs> race theory we promise you won't learn anything it's <laughs> called critical race theory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go real fast. That's the theory. Who's talking now? It's me, Sarah. There it is. Um, and two of my lady friends, I'm doing a first here, and I'm apologizing right off the bat. Don't want to pull a Jeffrey Tubin, but re- re- recording pantsless, which I never do. But if you listen to bonus time at patreon.com slash laser time, I've never I've heard of this happening. Just not to me. I got poison ivy for the first time in my life. I grew up rolling in poison ivy. Never happened before. And it's very bad. It is over my knees and everything I wear gets poison ivy on that and I can't wear it. So I am. If you hear anything that sounds disgusting, that's me rubbing calamine lotion on my itchy, itchy legs. And I can't. I literally can't wear anything uh, right now because I did not invest well in shorts. Only bathing suits. <laughs> so, so, yes, poison ivy, an adventure in poison ivy. Not getting the kind of laughs I wanted to out of my lady, uh, my lady co-host. I guess it's the whole pantsless thing that's bothering you. They're boxer no, we, briefs. They're fine. We, we can't see anything. Mm-hmm. That, that is nice. We're on video chat, but it's, yes. it's chest up. So I, yeah, wore, just, I wore two I'm layers imagining. in the chest just to make up for it. Oh. Well, that's fine then. As long as you don't see your nips. Yeah. Well, I, this was going to be the week that I proposed coming back into the studio, but I guess that's. Yeah, thank God I'm you did. I'm glad that I did not do that. Thank God you did not be extending my leg, like, please get at the bottom, please. Oh, it itches so much. Um, yeah, the cats are over here licking the calamine lotion off my legs. Boy, <laughs> do I wish I didn't record in a house at this point. But hey, people, we're almost there. Get your vax, quit fucking around. If you listen to bonus time this week, I talk about how I've had the best time the last week and a half. Like it's been the closest since 
400 something days ago um and uh i'm ready to go into the movie theaters again and see all the stuff including something the 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 10th version of something that debuts this week almost to the day has had 10 movies in 20 years i think that's interesting mildly you might agree. Um, <laughs> and I forget how we start the show. Oh, yes, that's right. Our executive producers, Mickey Cox, and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time. So, like, hook, hooking up and supporting the entire network. So, thank you guys so much for that. Uh, let's get into 1991, June 18th, the 24th. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves uh, is still number one at the box office. And while nobody yelled at me, <laughs> a lot more people than I thought came out to defend. Anybody who remembers it, I guess has a good chance of defending it. It was a pretty big part of the zeitgeist. Oh, but yeah. I still think it it's was. stupid. But a bunch of people pointed out the thing about you talking about, like, oh, in the little action set, and it's like little Ewoks in a little oh, town. Yes. And finding out that, oh, no, you were way more accurate than you thought you were. Yes, that was the <laughs> Ewok set. That was Kenner re uh, reintroducing with different paint the actual Ewok set. That's why like, I thought, wow, that's like the coolest thing about this movie, and it wasn't even from this movie. Robin Hood, yeah. Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I love that Friar Tuck was just a reskin Gamoran pig guard. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. That's just rude. That's not fair, man. Oh, all they had, all oh, they smoothed down his teeth, filed down his teeth a little bit. Perfect Friar yeah. Tuck. Is, they changed the head, but the body is the same, but flesh colored. That's why he's wearing like furry shorts. Oh, and yes, but he's a friar. If, if I think I showed you guys, uh, I we are all vaxxed. Our Comic Con came back. And I met a Rancor last weekend. It was great. So g- get your vaxes, people. They're free. CVS's, Walgreens, Walmarts. You can find them all across the country. Oh, the rest wow. of the country. I don't know what to tell you, but I think you're getting uh, Mississippi and Alabama's in a couple weeks. So uh, they weren't using them as it turned out. So you'll be getting their vaxes. <laughs> Everyone's shaking their head. No laughs to be had. It's okay, though. Um, they taste oh. like uh, mm. fried pork rinds. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, chimcharoons. What is that word I never use for pork rinds? Chicharrones. 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 Yes. Chicharrones. Or a pickle marinated in Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, no, Sarah, no. Yes, no that is a very Sarah. Mississippi thing. Oh, um, I don't know. Stick to voting suppression, Mississippi, and stay away from food. Um, okay, <laughs> moving into the movies of 1991, June 18th to the 24th. Uh, we also have Where Angels Fear to Tread, which feels like something Clint Eastwood would have been in in like the late 60s. Instead, it's uh, Hel- where Eagles Dare. I know, I know. <laughs> Again, where Eagles Dare. Yeah, uh, we got an E.M. Forrester adaptation before those oh. like become even more popular. I don't know. We got a good one coming next year. But uh, I got Helena Bonham Carter. She's like, she, all she does is E.M. Forrester back then. Judy Davis, Helen Mirren, Rupert Graves. And it's dry as hell, frankly. Um, <laughs> and I, I like Room with a View and Howard's End and stuff like that. But this one is pretty dry. Mm. Mm. A lot but, of longing gla- glances at people. Well, everyone is very shocked when uh, Helen Mirren goes off. It's like turn of it's like 1905. Helen Mirren goes off and marries an Italian, and that's like <gasps> the big shock. Smelling <laughs> <laughs> salts. Oh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, yep. oh my God! Uh, nothing a good electro shock won't cure. Why would she do that when she could just marry her? own cousin which is i no. assume what her family wanted her to why do. don't i just marry a horse in the stable seriously a dirty dago <laughs> chris high i can say those words do not write your congressman where where angels fear to tread i didn't know and that involves marrying an italian <laughs> yeah uh sleeping with that <laughs> look 
she's gonna get the last laugh, okay? Like those bitches don't know nothing about gnocchi. How do you sleep with that baby <laughs> baboon? Okay, and and because he gives her the pasta fajul. Fajul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, moving into the next movie, never heard of it at all. David uh, Selby, oh. Colleen DeWurst, Vincent D'Onofrio, Campbell Scott, and Julia Roberts in Dying Young. I'm going to recover, but I can't do it without you. Just when Hillary O'Neill had given up on love. I don't think I can deal with it. She fell for a guy who'd given up on life. You really want to have some fun? <laughs> you make me want to live. Is this movie all on ASMR? Is this just the nature of the old trailer? <laughs> Diana, I was talking to my dad. I don't know why he brought it up, but he brought up how much he loved Big Night, the movie Big Night. Yes! And he, uh, he's like, that was directed by uh, Stanley Tucci and uh, George C. Scott's kid. I'm like, huh? What? Yes. And like, I like, I, I love Campbell Scott. I like, I said, I recommend if you ever listen to an audiobook of Hunter Thompson stuff, he does the best ones. I've listened to many, and he does all the characters great. Uh, but that is, he's George C. Scott's son. I didn't know he'd been yes. acting this long. I did not know that. Yeah, George C. Scott and Colleen Dewhurst, who's co-starring. Is, is but she, yeah, when wow. you think George C. Scott and you know, like Patton and screaming at oh my like God. Campbell Scott from like <laughs> singles, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> or Roger Dodger. Why is the clitter so far back? good question sorry so this is the only ad that like actually explained what the movie is and so many of the ads are just julia roberts yeah you want to go spend some time with her she's pretty is here's some kenny g music is this maybe one of those (laughs) movies she made before pretty woman but now everyone's like we really need to make this look like it's julia roberts Mm. in dying young feels like that no, it, I mean, it isn't. She's definitely the lead. Uh, mm. It's her with Joel Schumacher directing again after they did uh, Flatliners. Mm-hmm. I think she just wanted to, I don't know, expand her range or something. Because, I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically just a romance. But her and Campbell Scott, is kind of his highest profile role so far. Yeah. He's dying of leukemia and she becomes like his paid caretaker and then they fall in love and there's i don't know if i could do this it's so hard watching you suffer and then he's like i can't it kills me to have oh sorry asmr it kills me to have hope and that makes me really sad so i'm gonna throw up from my chemo and then i'm gonna secretly stop it and not tell you and it's like that is a betrayal of my trust i love you (laughs) a different person did laser time we could probably group together a bunch of movies where nurses fall in love with their patients Mm. Never, never been a big fan of whatever that sub 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 genre is. Yeah, mm. well, I think it really overestimates how much people love taking care of people in their free time. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't meet anybody. Have you tried taking care of someone full time? Uh, it <laughs> pays, and uh, I think maybe everyone was clearing out of what was coming out this week because this seems yeah it's good counter programming to you know action adventure well let's let's, let's pretend we we don't know what happened with the next movie it's marketing was everywhere it's poster Mm. is seared into my brain Mm -hmm. i was dead set on seeing it it was it's part of the disney marketing division at its full height and we're past batman and thankfully dick tracy and they want a big superhero movie to hit theaters hey I don't think this would have been made without Dick Tracy or Batman. I yeah, mean, n- not at all. It's very, very old. And the uh, makeup work alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah th- this movie is insane. Paul Sorvino, Alan Arkin, Timothy Dalton, Jennifer Connelly, and of course the unforgettable Billy Campbell in The Rocketeer. An innocent discovery. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. 
A powerful weapon. I want that rocket. A deadly conspiracy. They're working for a Nazi agent. An extraordinary adventure. Johnny's in trouble. We've got the girl. Here he comes! The rocket will come to us. We're only gonna get one pass again! Rocketeer. It's a, uh, the title says the adventures of the rocketeer for some reason yeah and sometimes uh, it's just rocketeer not the rocketeer yeah I don't understand the rocketeer i'm dying to know oh. what you guys think because I, I i've talked about this a lot i was super into this movie when it came out it's actually really? like one of the movies that i remember the most from being this age because at this point i would be five but I definitely the marketing worked on me. I thought I remember watching it. And then I remember watching it more when I was like a couple years later when I was in elementary school. And actually, like my fifth grade crush, I remember we were over at his family's house and they had a laser disc of this movie. And it was a very cool. I, I, I occasionally like look up as like, can I find a rolled version of this original theatrical poster? It's gorgeous. And yeah. I try and buy it. Yeah. I, a funny memory some of you might have. I thought I saw an article that, that confirmed this. If you lived in a, a town where anybody had like one of those like rocket packs where they can go in the air for like five seconds, that made those incredibly popular this summer where you would see them on the news like the entire time. They mm -hmm. got, not knowing yeah. how hard it is to propel a person in the air with something they have strapped to their own back without burning their little calves. I was going to say, <laughs> how is this any of this happening without your little calves burning right off? I, but... I remember the special they did in Disney World the guy's rocket pack he had to like extend the rockets like way away from his body and he had yeah. to keep his hands like he had on armrest the entire time to do any kind of control and he could not fly like Superman he could only fly like an idiot like a video game <laughs> character glitching standing up straight while flying in the air <laughs> That's the only... That is a silly way to fly. It is. <laughs> to this day, it's the only way we figured out how to do it. There's been no supermaning. Humans so, are so dumb. Other, other than Soldier Boy, there's no way to Superman. Not in this. <laughs> so I love that this is 10 years almost exactly after Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's that, clear that's... they're going for the exact same thing. It's based on. Well, it's based on a comic, which is based on movie serials like Commando Cody right. and King of the Rocket Men. It, it's, it, it's being inspired by the same thing Indiana Jones is inspired by. It's being directed by Joe Johnston, the guy who uh, directed the visual effects in Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars. Yep. And this oh, is the wow. second yep. movie after what I consider one of the most underrated movies of my childhood is not my favorite movie. I've just watched it recently, and it's excellent. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's, mm -hmm. it's one of the best movies of that generation. And this guy comes in and makes... Essentially, uh, something with a massive Raiders vibe. I, I think oh, yeah. if it weren't for Raiders, they wouldn't have done this. And it also has this like classic Hollywood taking down the Nazis thing. And like, I think Diana might like this more than I did as a kid because I was bored out of my mind when I saw oh, this as a child. I loved well, it. Yeah, as a kid, I could see just being like, I don't, I don't get it because it takes place in '38, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of references that are going to go over kids' heads. They're not going to understand that Timothy Dalton is like an Errol Flynn guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and making they're jokes also not going to connect Wong. it to the the long the the long rejected urban legend that he was actually a Nazi spy. Yeah, mm. no, he wasn't. He was too drunk. Then, <laughs> but, and they and Howard yeah. Hughes being played by John Locke from Lost, Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, and it, oh, Timothy wow. Dalton was still James Bond at this time too, yeah. so that was kind of crazy. He wasn't yet the Beautician and the Beast. No, no, no he not. would not go on to his most famous role, Sarah, as of yes. as of this point. I. Yeah, I mean, watching this as a kid, it was right in my wheelhouse, too, because I loved 
now looking back on it, now I know what I loved about it, which was mm. like all the art deco mm. vibe of all, like even the rocket pack has those like curves, those art yeah. deco, like, you know, that whole look. It it's does. just so cool to watch. Like I really loved it as a kid and it was kind of a kid's movie that if you're watching as a little kid, it feels like it's a grown-ups movie. It does. You know? That's why I think it, because, there's a lot of talking. In yeah, it. and I think that's why I liked it so much. And then also, too, like, it's very romantic mm-hmm. if you're a little kid. If you're a little Sarah. Like, I just thought that Jennifer Connelly was, like, the most beautiful one I've ever seen in my life. And Billy Campbell was the most handsome man in the world. And Timothy Dalton was also very handsome, but scary in a way that I found very exciting and so <laughs> and it, you know he's like so weirdly like threatening but like sexual and i don't know it just i loved this movie as a kid and when i went back and rewatched it for the show i double loved it like i just thought it was like very fun very great everyone's having fun it seems like in the movie like all the acting nobody seems to be having a bad time everyone's kind of really enjoying their roles i feel like that yeah. they're doing like billy campbell's really enjoying being the hero Timothy Dalton's really enjoying being like the smarmy, like seducer type. I don't. I, don't, I liked it a lot. I don't, yeah, I, you can I, tell. He seems like he's having the most fun. Honestly, yeah. He's oh, like, for sure. Oh, yeah. I definitely. I don't... get to play dress up as the smoothest man in the world, but also I'm even. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. hate the movie, but I've always wanted to find out. And I couldn't get it from this viewing either. What's the missing ingredient? And I, the only thing I could think of is that it, like, it really plays it like very kid friendly and like the music and the presentation mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the effects are wonderful it does ask the the children to enjoy, endure a lot of swastikas including <laughs> in, in the only animated portion of the film which i i oh. uploaded to youtube years ago like disney nazi cartoon on purpose to make people mad and i believe it's still there um the rocketeers animated portion that's an oh, old chrissy original a bold choice of the nazis to bother animating their evil plans <laughs> instead of just writing it down <laughs> that takes so long that's true <laughs> Well, you know, they had to have a little fun, you know? I guess so. You, you know, your artistic Hitler, stuff. Hitler's not a big reader. He really likes things visual. He you was know. an artist. We all know this. Man. Yeah, that's a good point. I never, I never thought to call that out, even though I have a box set of Disney's <laughs> wartime animation. And animation is kind of an exaggeration because it really is like two objects. When the rivet goes into the tank, it moves like this with no animation. It's just an object meeting another object. <laughs> uh, this was, This is lavish. I love I lo- that was my favorite sequence in the movie as a kid, for some reason. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And kind of like what you pointed out with Backdraft and this, mm-hmm. like, this is the last hurrah of the pre-digital so, effects. That shit is so cool. And they mm-hmm. are really good. It's all, you know, the classic ILM stuff that mm-hmm. they're really good. It's all models and matting and very carefully done. And it's it all looks, it holds up a lot better than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think for you, it holds up. A lot. Every time I well, see like we're working on a reboot, and like kids are not asking for this. No, like no, no, no kid wants to see another Rocketeer. Even no. though there was a cartoon like a couple years there ago. Was. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. And I don't, I, yeah. I don't, I think it had a lot to do with like um, I, I'm a little boy from Florida, and they're building a new Disney park. So like, it, which was sort of, for lack of a better word, in the style of the Rocketeer, it's using a lot of that like commercial Art Deco of that period art, and like I, I consider. I don't know. Rocketeer sort of synonymous with all the new parks being built around me. Are you uh, talking about Disney MGM yes. Studios, which is now Hollywood Studios? Hollywood Studios, yes. Yeah. I love that the whole look. It's, so it's, enjoy I, it. It's almost gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I loved, I mean, that was my favorite park for a long time. It was MGM Studios until I grew up and 
figured out that Epcot's actually the best theme park. So. No, Epcot just has the best <laughs> drinks, girl. Uh, that, that park is still pretty rad. Toy Story area, Star Wars, Muppets, gimme, gimme. With a little yeah. bit, uh, with the most Roger Rab- Rabbit references in any park, I believe there's a one Rocketeer thing in that park. If you walk into California Adventure uh, and Disneyland, take a when you walk past the main area, take a right, and you'll see a popcorn vendor. And look very closely, and there will be a Rocketeer spinning the popcorn, is a little <gasps> figure spinning the popcorn above the popcorn. <laughs> and that is the only Rocketeer reference you will find in the entire world of Disneyland, as far I as I know. I watched well, that. We have a popcorn maker <laughs> like that in my house. I'm looking at it right now, and I need that. Yeah, you can put a little figure on it, make it look like he's cranking it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this <laughs> just, it was... Don't wince at me. Don't wince at me. I'm not wearing pants. Yeah. Everything I'm saying is suspect now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is like this was more expensive than they were expecting and it just didn't make the money. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were ready for, you know, they they, already they had the toys and everything ready, but they didn't have, you know, sequel thought about it, TV show, maybe. And it just didn't make the money. It probably didn't even break even in the end. Because it, it was in development for a long freaking time. They, yeah, th- it's based on a three-issue comic. It has oh, been wow. called the most accurate comic book movie to date because there's really no way to deviate. You have to use everything you have on the page. And they started shopping it. The comics started in like '82, and I think they started shopping it like before the third issue was out, and way ahead of their time on that end. So when people were looking for uh, superhero movies, I believe they said they sort of got the call because everybody remembered these guys came in and pitched a. Superman meets Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that's exactly what we want right now. And for some reason, ended up at Disney. I, I can't. It, it's interesting to think of just in terms of Disney history. I don't think they're a studio you are allowed to pitch to anymore. They don't need your fucking ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they do not. They have a thousand ideas they're either working on or can rework on or can remake on. They don't need your ideas. And it's just bizarre to think Disney's the one studio that wanted to bankroll this thing. And I, I think, ironically, if they'd gone to another studio, they might have gotten a sequel, but like even Disney's bombs are like Nintendo's bombs. They will sell it to you, repackage it for, as something more. I just bought a Rocketeer Tiki mug for $40. So I like oh, Disney is really good at even reselling you its failures. You've got to see this Tiki mug, though. It looks, it, it, it looks like the uh, uh, front of a movie theater that closed in the 1920s. It's great. What? Mm-hmm. I love right, this Tiki I'm into mug. That. I mean, yeah, Disney's just a nostalgia machine. Yeah, but there's, like, there's it's something not about... going to make money on the front end. It's going to make money on the back end 10, 20 years later when we all feel nostalgia for the little thing that we thought nobody else remembers. But it's more, it's more that arrogance where, like, if Warner Brothers has a failure, it's like, ah, we're not going to put a lot of money behind this. Whereas Disney's like, we will put every amount of money behind this potential failure, even if it does bear some of the signs of a stinker and promote the hell out of this. We will make our money back in the long run, even if it's 40 fucking years from now and we're selling pins at, uh, and, Animal Kingdom. But I'm also not mad about that, too, because it definitely gives a place for people. Yes, unloved movies. Yeah, I mean, who have, like, fond memories of things that they think nobody else remembers. Specific to you. I love that. You're talking to the Flight of the Navigator guy. I'll buy anything that references Flight of the Navigator. And Roger Rabbit, (laughs) for for the most part. Um, But but Rocketeer, I had a ton of fun with, but it just lacks one vital ingredient to become, like, something I'd watch over. I just assume, like, is Diana loving this? It's grown on me. Mm -hmm. Like... when I, when I was younger, I felt like it was trying too hard to be like retro adventure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as time has gone on, the things that it gets right, I, I feel like kind of rise to the surface a little bit. I feel bad for Billy Campbell because he's just such a forgettable guy. 
The- He's, I mean, he gets to sort of like gee whiz, oh shucks kind of stuff, right? But and I found out like, oh shit, this was almost Bill Paxton. Like, yeah. Mm, Ooh. Mm, I think that that the, just that feels better. The yeah. cutest story I heard was Billy Campbell had like majored in art in college and read the comics before he auditioned, and he cut his hair and wore clothes like this is what I'm supposed to look like, and mm-hmm. I'm the only one who bothered to do this research. And that's how he sort of got the part. He got, he literally cut his hair in a 1938 style that you see on screen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I think as far as like, I love the idea of Bill Paxton pretty much in anything, yeah. but he's yeah. a little too of a wild card. I think like Billy Campbell looks like your all American comic. He looks like like Henry Cavill. Like yeah. this is what the American hero looks like that we built in a comic book shop. You know, like he's just. <laughs> Big white teeth and square jaw and, you know, like just generically handsome, which I think for him as an actor may have worked against him over the years Mm. because there's not really that much that's memorable about him. You want to play an oil company tycoon again? He went on. I mean, he went on to do uh, a pretty long running television program called Now and Again with CeeLo Ward. Uh, I looked it up. I I was like, I have not seen this guy in anything else. I mean, yeah, he's been in plenty of stuff, but like just nothing I've seen. Yeah, the 4400 generic generic handsome man exactly but i love how this lines up and that the rocketeer is i i was convinced i thought i had figured this out and i was so smart that the rocketeer is how joe johnson got captain america first avenger which we get to talk about My next month 20 years later mm-hmm. and then i realized oh no they full out say that yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's like no we wanted someone who could do a 30s action adventure vibe and we like the Rocketeer, so yeah. we called Joe Johnston. And I'm like, oh, I thought I had, been, I thought I was being all smart. And, and we'll talk about that movie. Uh, what in a couple of weeks? I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Twenty it's, years it's, later, he gets a job based on like kind of a high profile failure. But it's like it's one of those high profile failures like nobody hates. You, you if you heard me make yeah. fun of Dick Tracy to no end, that movie's really silly. And there's nothing really silly about this movie. It's all, it's all a big, great, valiant effort. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, even I'm yeah. a little confused. Like, what, what, what is it lacking? Yeah. To be truly great, mm-hmm. there's um, a little je ne sais quoi. It's just not there. I mean, I think I think it's yeah. just there's there's a big studio cheese thing happening, and in that it, it plays it real safe when even when talking about Nazis and shit. Um, mm-hmm. it, it to be a family friendly movie like Batman was really dark at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, Dick Tracy even even lots of guns, a little darker, and this had even less of that. But beautiful yeah. sequences, like a uh, really really fun to watch, and a big mm-hmm. big big movie that you might not have seen so i encourage people to check it out i can't imagine it won't be the thing i recommend most this week probably Um, will i just want them to be sued by the estate of rondo hatton because they did him (laughs) wrong i I yelled that and i'm like rondo and then my girl like (laughs) like i think his name is rondo i'm like oh shit i didn't realize i i didn't know who rondo hatton was when i saw this movie as a little kid and uh Yeah, a famous actor whose face was disfigured, and they make up a character actor to look just like him and name him Rondo, I think, in the credits. How could they? Is that the giant man? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lothar. He's called Lothar in the movie. Okay. Uh, Yeah, but Rondo Hatton. It was a real guy who uh, he was gassed in World War One, and that caused that like spurred acromegaly. And so his face got all weird. And then he started a bunch of movies. Yeah, because he was so weird looking. It's, it's oh, worth yeah. looking up. I think he's got a, like a horror award uh, based on him, so you can win a Rondo. Oh, <laughs> also nice. a cool name. Just if if anybody out there is bothering to have kids in twenty twenty one, given how given how bad we know things <laughs> you can have get. Rondo, mm-hmm. a little a Rondo. Good one. 
Uh, but the Rocketeer, I never saw the, the Disney Junior show, but I was excited that they would revisit it because there is seemingly nothing Disney won't revisit, no matter how bad it is. It, yeah. it understands it has its fans and like, whatever, here's a Tron movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why, why not make a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids third movie, fourth movie after 40 years? Because, yeah, why not? There's there's still hope for the Rocketeer. It's just like there's not as many comics as you'd think. It's not a Disney comic. It's uh it it's been published very sporadically. I think it was a fourth issue was written in like the 2010s and uh, <laughs> and, and has come and gone since then. And I, I I have never found a way to love those either. But I love I do love the way the Rocketeer looks. Um, and if anybody out there has a poster they want to sell me, I might I might be in the market for one. I do love that poster. I think a really cool mm. frame would oh wouldn't that light up the Rocketeer poster? Um, and I'm I'm stalling because they're TV this week. We just have written none. <laughs> none. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. There's nothing this week. There's some other stuff later on, though, in this episode. If I so can remember can what I was from. watching this week on TV, it was probably promotional entertainment about the Rocketeer. That's, yeah. That seems like probably. what was on television. There was a bunch. Um, but in another medium, I've been teasing this for a while, but I think it's really funny because a household name in video games launches this week, even though I think I mentioned like two weeks ago, Mario 3, a two-year-old game, is the best-selling game for like the entire year <laughs> and uh, has no challengers. Games are selling are, are becoming uh, pretty ubiquitous, but uh, we don't have anything that's truly penetrating the diehard game fans. And I also want to talk about the nature of these commercials because this is a commercial from Hag, Humans Against Genesis, and Sarah might be a little too old, but Diana isn't, but this... So many 80s commercials presented by an evil, mean teacher. Don't you bobble tape in class? How dare you? And then, like, bonkers will jump out of the sky and kill her. Uh, this yep. is <laughs> so many. Shut up, teacher. Kids rule. Kids rule. Shut up. And so that's how this, as far as I know, this is the first Sonic commercial. It is a woman yelling at you about how bad Sonic is. And she looks like a teacher. We're supposed to hate her. Danita Stokes, president of HAG. It's bad enough that Sega Genesis has the most 16-bit games, but this new Sonic the Hedgehog, oh, he really duffed my doilies. They say he's incredibly fast. Well, what's the hurry, mister? Hmm? And about his attitude. Smarty pants. Even Sarah's smiling. This commercial is stuck in my head. Smarty pants. Uh, yelling at Sonic the Hedgehog. And Sonic did look different. And fast, because even uh, game characters at this point, Mario World's about to be out, you can't really make out what they are or how big their eyes are. And Sonic is very visible, easy to make out on screen, and moving faster than any game we've ever seen. And I'm sure you guys even remember that. You can spot Sonic from a mile away. Um, people, and I'm saying Diane and Sarah, who don't typically play a ton of games, you can spot Sonic. He was that. He was all over the place to that degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, he's got a, a good design with his little spiky hair and his red shoes mm-hmm. and he curls up in a ball and makes a saw noise. Yeah. Loves chili uh, dogs. Uh, that would come later. That would come later. Yeah. His... He collects uh, golden rings and there's like little woodland creatures that are trapped yes. in things and he frees them. I was like, that I thought that was charming. Just, going away. There's these beautifully yeah. designed robots. You jump on them boom, and outruns like a little animal. Sometimes Flicky, the little bird who used to have his own game in the Sega universe. Um, it's a little Flicky bird. But I, yeah. I, I was like the the background of the first Sonic game. Green Hill Zone. I think that's kind of, yeah. Well, th- that's sort of what set it apart visually for me, just as someone who didn't have video games to mm. understand. It's like Super Mario Brothers. The this have you know it's two D. 
It's uh, very 2D. That's it. And, if you look very and, closely and in Super Mario Brothers, the clouds are the same sprite as the bush. They just have half the bush yeah. and it's green. And this is just lavish and parallaxing and beaches as far as the yeah. eye can see. And it's like it's like there's two planes instead of just one plane mm-hmm. where it's like cause there's sort of a lush green background mm-hmm. in Green Hill Zone. And then there's the course that is like in front of that. Huge. And it's just something that's like, Wow, this looks so colorful. Video games couldn't get fancier than this. Huge, huge. And I don't want to spoil anything because I had this written to say in the intro, uh, but I'm going to present it here. There's somebody, something has a coast-to-coast appearance in 302010, like for real, Mm -hmm. definitively, for the first time ever. And it's quite a benchmark for me personally. Anyway, back to Sonic. This (laughs) game blew everyone away. There were a couple people I knew had a Genesis. This made everybody want to get a Genesis. I sold my Super Nintendo to get a Genesis, partially to play Sonic and Spider-Man, but up until this point, the biggest spokesman they had for the Genesis was like Tommy Lasorda. Play my baseball game! (laughs) Or do Slim Fest! I don't know. Whatever you want. I'm I'm, I'm 80 million years old. Uh, uh, I didn't care about Joe Montana, but Sega eventually locked down some Disney and Spider-Man properties before they were owned by the same company. And Sega, uh, Sonic was the thing that tipped me over the scales. I gotta have this. This is too fast, weird. There's too much to do. And uh, I cannot wait to talk about this more on our uh, other show with people to see what, what their reaction was to Sonic. Because most, it seems silly that it would have worked. This character's more extreme and faster and better than Mario. Because what the fuck is better than Mario now? Mario's bigger than Sonic ever was. But Sonic remains a household name. Um, it's kind of has kind of held on to that. I don't know. Feel really good about that. I got a big Sonic statue in my house. Makes me feel real good every time I look yeah. at him. But yeah, yeah with... I like that he always like they have all that edgy marketing around him. Like mm-hmm. he's super edgy, but he was like never he never went full poochy. Like he, he seems like a nice guy. He didn't talk. For, <laughs> he's he didn't, not he, just. He didn't talk for a few years. I think he, he yeah, talked in J- the, the Japanese commercials, but like he didn't really have a voice. And even in the game, he would run really fast. And the only edgy thing he'd do if you didn't move for a while he'd look at the camera and like fold his arms and like look at his watch like come on <laughs> dude, move it up my idle animation kicked in much love to sonic he is 30 years old this week and wow. maybe a little older if you count radmobile i'm aware don't leave your comments lasertimepodcast.com getting to the music of the 18th uh through the 24th of june 1991 rush rush by paul abdul is still number one man that song was everywhere it's so good, mm. though. I, I just, yeah, I just did. I, I don't know what I think it was because my friend's dad had a Paula Abdul CD, so we would swim all day and just like listen. It may have been a cassette tape. We would just listen to the album front to back, and mm. I never hear it licensed and stuff like Rush, Rush. I never hear that on oldie oh. stations. And then I was, I, I remember it was like listen to a uh, what was it, Kimmy Schmidt, and I just heard Forever Your Girl. I'm like. All these, I know like everything on this album and no one ever <laughs> licenses it. And like, yes, we should be dancing to this on subway platforms today. That Paul Ab- Abdul album was rad. But also new releases from Unusual Heat by Foreigner. I said that with actual disdain for the band Foreigner, not Foreigners. The Globe by uh, Big Audio Dynamite. Derelicts of Dialect by Third Base. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have to play this. Hell yeah. This, third Base is just the worst Band, <laughs> oh. quote unquote, band, and uh. they have one hit that we will go out with, which makes it onto the charts. And it's like, this I just I feel embarrassed for all of music. Yes, oh, boy. yes, I listened to it beforehand <laughs> just to reconfirm that. Prime of My Life by Phyllis Hyben and Different Lifestyles by Bebe and CC Winnens. Winnens, 
But Pop Goes... Phoebe and CC Winans? Come on. Phoebe and CC Winans. Yeah, you know them. You know them. But Pop Goes the Weasel by third base is hilarious because it is a bunch of unknown MCs complaining about how popular and mainstream rap is getting... And they sound like fucking idiots. <laughs> they sound like fucking idiots now when, like, this is, like, the only genre that is popular right now. You're morons. And the the only song mm-hmm. is the only song that was, like, a remote remotely a hit of theirs because it was kind of funny. And, like, yeah, maybe this, maybe this genre most white people hate is becoming too mainstream. Um, no. No, it wasn't. So... Yeah. Anything else to add at that time? Well, I love that they're complaining about the unoriginality of rap and how it's becoming too mainstream and popular. And they're doing this over an incredibly mainstream and popular song, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, which is the most played video in the history of MTV. Because it's a pun, third bass, B-A-S-S. Mm-hmm. I used to just think it was third bass and laugh at I was I was ahead of the big mouth belly bass on this. I imagine rapping fish. That's not the right one. Um, but you know what? We'll clarify that when we get back and talk about 2001. Stay right there. Stop vexing on us. Don't you ain't originate the thin ice. Skate up on a break and set you straight. Ate up on the plate. Now who's diesel? Not the weasel. Not the weasel. Pop goes the weasel. Pop goes the weasel. The weasel. Pop goes the weasel. The weasel. Pop goes the weasel. The weasel. Chris, Matt, come with me Mm. on a journey of the mind. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Mm. You too could be one of the first people to try the new Lawnmower 4.0 and be blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. We've talked about our trials and travails while trying to tame the hair down there. Let's just say that areas of the body were placed in peril that should never be put in such precarious positions. I've been manscaping for a very long time, oftentimes with painful results. I don't know why those other trimmer guys even call those things guards, because it certainly wasn't doing its job in guarding anything (laughs) the times that it resulted in injury. Take my word for it. Manscaping has always been something I've been very much into, and no one made a product specifically for and I didn't think I could be happier with the previous Manscaper, but man, I cannot wait to try out the Lawnmower 4.0. Chris, Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my beautiful baby boys down under. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch with a travel lock so that you don't run out of battery when you're on the go. It doesn't accidentally turn on there in your bag. Not that you would run out of battery, because get this, the 4.0 features a new wireless charging system that uses electromagnetic induction, which can help your battery last longer. So longer charge, shorter hairs. Ah. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. It's true. It's true, fellas. You got to figure out which one's right for you, because if you're like me and have a hairy tummy or everywhere else, you can't just go shorn, have it look like a brush fire occurred in the middle of 
of your body. Yeah, this isn't a one-size-fits-all thing. I go a little bit longer in the chest region. I go with, it's the Magnum, is what I call it, the Magnum PI look. But this also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on or off when needed for a more precise shave. The other thing, I gotta mention it here. Fellas, if you've been using the same trimmer on your face that you do on your nuts, don't do that. You are doing it all wrong. No one wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make mm-hmm. me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth baby boys. Mm-hmm. And right now, Chris, our listeners can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code LASERTIME. One word, baby. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Two thousand one, um, and I am in a garden state of mind. Thank you. Yes, the song will change your life. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shout out to all my manic pixie dream girls. Uh, new slang off of O Inverted World by The Shins. Uh, this song was huge in my white community. <laughs> I mean, it is and still no a good song, and it does really put me in my feels, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I'm trying to remember before this reached, like, annoying status, because it wasn't immediately. It really wasn't. No. No. Mm. I mean, yeah, that garden's... Yeah, that Garden State soundtrack is good. And the shins are good. I love the shins. Yeah, just yeah. Garden State that's not that good. That's okay. Garden State is better than you remember it being. I think it's Everybody perfectly... Just is an, it's fine. Mm. Everybody's just annoyed by Zach Braff retroactively. Yes. And yes. Okay, but I'm I don't know that... I'm annoyed by people telling me that this movie will change my life, much like this song will change my life. And I'll be yeah. like... Bitch, you haven't seen any movies then. Yes. Instead of ripping off personal anecdotes I had about being attacked by a blind man's dog, let's not talk huh. about Garden. We'll have plenty of time to talk about Garden State in uh, three years. Oh wow! I yeah. didn't I didn't realize it was that far. The song came out that far ahead of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, but the, the shins, everybody. Also, new releases for uh, June eighteenth to twenty fourth in two thousand one. That's where we are right now. Two thousand one out of four. You got uh, cuts for luck and scars for freedom by Mystic. Devil's Night by D12, Don't Tell the Band by Widespread Panic, From Chaos by 311, I'm Already There by Lone Star, Land of the Free, question mark, by Pennywise. Wow, <laughs> deep. I, I know, this is the, the band I'm most likely to have an album by, and I'm making fun of them. Uh, self-titled by Mandy Moore, Return of Dragon by Cisco, um, and Shangri-La Dida by Stone Temple Pilots. Are we at their last album at this it's, point? We're close. Mm. Uh, it's People are coming, people are going. It's yeah. got to be so hard to name an album because when you read them off like this, so many of them are mm. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> like Shangri-La Dida by <laughs> STP really should be like an album by Neil Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I think that's the big problem with funny album titles. Like, it's funny yes. once, and then like, if you're gonna make Rolling Stone talk about it 20 years from now, think about that. No one, <laughs> no one's gonna watch. Just name it after one of the songs on the album. There you go. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. 
or something about this uh, Scott Weiland's blue period. And look, I love puns, but maybe stay away from puns yeah. as your album title. They just don't always age well, and they're not usually not as clever as you think they are. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, but I don't. But again, I don't envy. I think because um, I'll never have to name an album. But then I looked at stand-up comedians and what they title their specials and almost 80 percent of the time like ugh, 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 boy you, yeah. boy no one wanted to hear what you had to say as that title implies even though you are one of four comedians of a special on hbo I'm yeah <laughs> tell Although, that time. i do whatever i think of like al- uh, comedy album names i always think of my favorite which is by pete holmes with the album <laughs> Name is just nice try, the devil. <laughs> now, so the real answer to that is George Carlin's You Are All Diseased, which is a real feel good <laughs> album title. And uh, Jonah Ray, who I think all of his co- album titles have been references, like really inside riffs from Mystery Science Theater 3000, such as OK, Mr. Plain Person. Um, <laughs> and, eh, I liked how Monty Python did it just to fuck with writers. What, what? Calling things Monty Python's previous album. <laughs> Always funny. Yep. Confuses me to this day. Uh, it's lady- like calling your band The Who. There you go. The eh? Who is the band on stage? Who? Uh, who? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera, Lil' Kim, Maya, and Pink is still number one at this point. Man. I thought it was getting targeted ads, but it turns out, oh no, this is just everywhere that I got an ad saying like, Live theaters coming back to San Francisco. Oh, it's so exciting. We have all new things for you to see. First up, Moulin Rouge the musical. I'm like, oh. God damn. Yeah. As opposed I'm, to. Why yeah. did I not? Ob- that seems so obvious. Of course you would do that. As opposed to the movie, which wasn't a mu- Okay. Well, uh, you got the movie from the 50s. It's actually a Lautrec biopic with oh, Jose go. Ferrer standing on his knees the whole time. First thing I thought, Di. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> It's Moulin Rouge the musical, now more musical-ier. Oh, how is that, <laughs> is that movie over, to, over like almost three hours to begin with? That's long. Anywho, uh, movies of 2001, uh, June 18th to 24th, Finder's Fee, a movie with Robert Faster, Dash Mahook, ooh, that's a great name, Ryan Reynolds, James Earl Jones, and Eric Palladino. Yeah, uh... I had not heard of this, and the more I looked into it, the more I'm like, well, shit, maybe this is the one I should have watched this week. Because yeah. it's written and directed by Jeff Probst. What? The, what? The the yeah. Rock and Roll Jeopardy host? The thing he's most famous he's for? Survivor? <laughs> yeah, that guy. But it's got okay reviews, like pretty decent reviews. It kind of sounds like a, you know, like a little bit of a rounders kind of thing, because it's about a card game where I think Alec, Eric Palladino like, finds this guy's wallet i think it's james earl jones and it's got like a winning lotto ticket in it and then he bets it in this card game and james earl jones finds out about it and like gets in on the card game to try to win it back and it's like okay (laughs) this is a great movie to keep in mind for your six degrees of separation game party game when you got ryan reynolds and james earl jones together that is a fantastic connection movie so (laughs) keep that in mind oh Mm -hmm. Fucking legs. Um, <laughs> uh, also out Stop this scratching. week. scratching. I, I see you scratching. I can't. I need the calamine lotion. I'm I hope reporting. you're scratching. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope that's what that is. What would I be doing? Like jerking off my donkey dick? I'm like way down below the mic over here. Um, okay. Uh, All right. I know. I know. Uh, get out your I hopper just... glass. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're just so excited. Loop. <laughs> you're so excited about the next movie. I you I always hate, wanted Norm Macdonald to voice a dog. Uh, 
yeah, might be funnier than him voicing a pigeon. Take that, Mike Tyson Mysteries. Norm MacDonald, Lisa Kudrow, Steve Zahn, Kevin Pollack, Raven Simone, and Eddie Murphy. And I imagine that doesn't begin to describe this voice cast because I think it's one of the biggest cast ever. Dr. Doolittle 2. This summer. Uh, Dad, someone to see you. The Doctor is back. Anytime, ladies. And saving the animals. I could bite somebody, but I can only do so much. Will be a family affair. By the way, Eric, I'm watching you. Now I got eyes all around the woods. Eddie Murphy, you do this, you'll be the most famous bear in all the world. Bigger than Pooh. They'll be saying Winnie the Who. Dr. Doolittle do. No cell phone for a week. What am I supposed to do without my cell phone? So young, so angry. Darn that rap music. Ready PG, parental guide to say... <laughs> Talk to third base. They had a lot to say about it too, little lizard. Dr. Doolittle too. It, it, it just, I was just talking to someone. I just watched My Name is Dolomite again and just talking like, it's the first time Eddie Murphy has cursed in like 20 years and it's so much fun to see Eddie Murphy back to like doing something. And I didn't say it, but that's not this, which would go on to define what Eddie Murphy did for at least another 15 years. Uh, yeah. I hate this. I hate this period of film. I hate this period for Eddie Murphy. Uh, I... The only thing, good thing about it is Disney owns it, and I don't think anybody has told them yet. It's not available to stream there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad that we I had a week to decompress after Mr. Popper's Penguins and the rage <laughs> I felt toward that, because this is in that same category of, like, now you're, you're cashing a check to make a family movie, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll be honest, this is... I, I, I watched a big chunk of it, and it was a bit better than I was expecting, but mm -hmm. it's still... So it's just weird to see Eddie Murphy so slow. Yeah. Like mm. you're when you get Eddie Murphy, you want some motor mouth and some frantic yeah. in there mm -hmm. somewhere. Instead, and he's just showing up. Or I, I, the best way you could say it is at least like giving the spotlight to all of these other comedians and this, this animation work. But like, yeah. it's, it's pointless to have Eddie Murphy in a movie like this where he's just the MC to shenanigans with family friendly pets and animals. Yeah, but. exactly. He's the straight man. Yep. Why so, why you have Eddie Murphy as a straight man? Uh, yeah, yeah. but I mean, basically the plot, if you want to call it that, is kind of Cyrano de Bergerac slash Roxanne, except with bears. <laughs> <laughs> that that was now I'm interested. That okay. was odd, and that like, oh, the evil developers are going to tear down these woods, and he decides to try to stop them by having a bunch of endangered species take over. So he puts Lisa Kudrow is this bear, and. Like, oh, well, we need more bears, so let's get Steve Zahn, the circus bear, and we'll get him over there, too. And they can, like, hook up, and then there'll be more endangered bears, and then they can't tear this place down. Wackiness ensues. Steve Zahn as a bear? No way. Steve Zahn as an ape in Planet of the Apes. Yes. All Bad day. All day. ape. All day. Bad ape. Um, yeah. But also you got, like, Michael Rappaport and Andy Dick, Isaac Hayes as a possum. Love it. <laughs> John Witherspoon, Cedric the Entertainer, both as bears. Jamie Kennedy, David Cross, Bob Odenkirk. Everybody's wow. in there. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's that's before anybody, like most people didn't know who Bob Odenkirk was. It's just a fun Mr. Show reunion buried in this silly little Fox family movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, you get for a theme. This is for tiny babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to have a next, next segment. We'll have another movie there. It's just like, I, I just, there's only so much you can say because it's for tiny babies. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Except the children deserve better. They do. If and if they were taller babies, they could enjoy the number one movie at the box office this week. A, a movie that uh, just looked like it was a throwaway movie for teens, but like hit struck a chord, I believe, with the subject matter being street racing, which 
I remember being, I'm living in my own house for the first time ever. That's what I remember. And my roommate became obsessed with this film is he was fixing up cars and we watched it every night against my will. But um, (laughs) I bought it for him for his birthday and I I wish I had better things to say about it, but I'm just, it's only because I'm tired of it. But I think the first movie is perfectly fun. It's just not what I like about the series. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordana Brewster, Brewster, Michelle Rodriguez, Vin Diesel, and Paul Walker and the number one movie at the box office, The Fast and the Furious. On the street. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. It's not who you know. My brother likes you. Usually he doesn't like anybody. It's how fast you can go. Smoke them. The Fast and the Furious. Rated PG-13. It's so weird. I'm so excited for the new Fast, but I just don't care about this movie that much anymore. Uh, you want to? Here we have another fucking bizarre theme yeah. again, where it's like we had Rocketeer. It's ten years after Raiders, almost exactly. Yeah, you know, pulling inspiration. Fast and the Furious is just Point Break. Yep, which will oh. we talk about for '91 in a couple weeks. Which is why I don't love it as much. I love Point Break, but it is uh, it takes all okay. of its cues from Point Break. A mm-hmm. young impossibly good cop <laughs> played by a young actor can't act very well yet uh, infiltrates a series uh, infiltrates a series of uh, a gang of thieves petty thieves who are also uh, involved in some extreme sport yes mm-hmm. and then eventually but ultimately good hearted yeah yes it ultimately learns to love them and uh, yep and feels conflicted about busting them because mm-hmm. they're nice people despite being thieves I guess yeah it's just money. They're stealing yeah, DVD players. That's what I love. They're stealing DVD yeah. players. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think like the, the best thing about this is how funny it is to watch this, the first Fast and the Furious, and then watch any of them from five and up and be like, nuts. all right, now write down how you think you got, they got to this place with these characters. <laughs> because this is just, they... Yeah, it's petty crime. They're just robbing trucks. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. They've, they've got like a rival gang that also robs trucks. And then there's fighting about who scores what. But these are pretty small. Sc- you know, how much is that shit worth? 20 grand, maybe? Tops. I'm, tops. I'm bringing, I'm bringing my, uh, my girl into the fold so we can see Fast 9. Otherwise yeah. known as the 10th Fast movie. Yeah, by the 6th, they are international millionaires with full government pardons. Um, yeah, <laughs> by the eighth, they're fighting a submarine. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming nine, they go into space. They have to go into space at this point. I Come mean, on. Come on. I think so. so. This this movie's super simple and like still kind of enjoyable. Like it's not, there's nothing bad about it. I've just seen it too many times. I roll my eyes at a lot of it. I was tired of my roommate quoting it. I watched a little of it. There's nothing really bad about it. If you loved it as, as much as he did in 2001, you were going to get a kick out of seeing this again. For some reason, it's on HBO Max, even though I believe it is owned by the people who own Peacock and they only have two fast movies on there. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it's not this one. It's but it's it's yeah. still pretty fun. It's just like it's bizarre how low the stakes are, and it's weird yeah. to go back after <laughs> after what you've just seen in the eighth movie, which is a globe trotting film involving Kurt Russell and Charlize Theron. To go back to this, but <sighs> yeah. it, it is important because like even when we started from five, there are a lot of characters from this movie that you need to know oh, about yeah. to to understand everything that's going on in five. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's fine. It's really stupid they come up with too many excuses to just have dumb car chases Mm -hmm. i really appreciate the wikipedia just lists every car 
as it occurs during the plot. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and then so-and-so drives up in their, uh, you know, uh, 1995 Honda Civic QX920. And you're like, uh, thanks. (laughs) I like, no, I like that they're listing them scene by scene instead of just listing them alongside and be like, oh yeah, that one. Well, for car people, they're (sighs) important. Remember, and some of these are like, at this point, are vaguely obtainable cars. Yeah, you could no, get most a, of them are obtainable you could, you could get a Honda Civic. and fit, Only like Dom's GTO or whatever was like super like yeah. unobtainably expensive. Yeah, this this is a hobby you could get into. And yeah, the only other thing about it, I believe they say the F word like nine. Your heroes say the F word like nine times, but um, hmm. like three times. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's a nice little time capsule to when I would guess a lot of our listeners were in high school. And it's not as embarrassing as you'd think. And it's fun to think about this $38 million movie ending up destroying the summer box office, making $200 million, which is now less than one of these movies cost to make 20 years later. <laughs> it is truly shocking to yeah. see how far it's come and what it's become. Like, mm-hmm. is there any other franchise that you could think of that started off as humble as this did and yeah. is now reached where this is now? Humble's a great word too, because it didn't yeah. aspire to do all that stuff. It, it, I've yelled about this before and I'll do it just lightly again. It is the, I don't care how popular the Marvel movies are. This is the most comic booky franchise that we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Silly stuff happens. People come back from the dead all the time. Uh, With amnesia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. All the time at this point. But I, I tell my film snob friends, the Marvel movies are great. Constantly surprising how good they are, how accessible they are, how deep they can be. But this franchise is exclusively film. We don't have any more franchises this big that exist only in the land of cinema. Uh, everything else is stolen from another medium, and that's how it yeah. becomes big. This is it, yeah. and, and the things they do on film, especially in this first movie, great, great stunt work. Fantastic stunt work. It's why things go real bad in the second movie. But you have to appreciate that. These are film characters first and foremost, unlike yeah. everything else you see in theaters nowadays. And yeah. It is. It's truly unique, and I think it's definitely something to be admired mm-hmm. and celebrated. Like, I have all the love in my heart for this whole film franchise. I haven't even seen all the movies, mm-hmm. but I appreciate that they exist because I like what they stand for. Like, family. Good, clean, fun, honestly, Mm -hmm. like, which I kind of want when I go to the movies. And yeah, I already bought our tickets to see. We are going. We'll be there. We'll be there day one. Last night, Um, we were coordinating buying those tickets. So I'm pretty stoked about it. I got got a horror loving girlfriend who thought, like, I don't give a shit about it. And I did the same thing I did to y'all. I will talk you through the first four trailers and we will begin with five. And mm-hmm. and she was like, that was amazing. And then we watched the sixth <laughs> one after that. And it was till like four in the morning. It, it was fantastic. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we don't do it again because there's a lot of 30, 20, 10 stuff I need to get through for next week. Uh, yep. Holy God. That's but, true. I, I will put a damper on some of this, though. Uh, the director, Rob Cohen. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Don't give, don't give him your money. Um, what did he yeah. do again? Uh, both Asia Argento and his own daughter have accused Ooh. him of very bad things okay crap yeah i forgot about the original director um yeah i know you forget about him because it's like well justin lynn's been kicking so much ass you know just like yeah you know and and because uh rob cohen's just sort of fallen by the wayside you know he did triple x and he's done he's done Uh, some other stuff but yeah he's been a lot less employed and i think there's probably reasons it's it's also Mm. but on a funnier note 
I love, uh, and I said this every time we talk about Fast and the Furious, every actor in this first movie feels too big to be in the second one, with the exception of Paul Walker, and even he's like, I've outgrown this. I wonder if we, I wish I could tell them on the set of this movie, I'm like, you will make these and only these for the next 20 years. <laughs> uh, surely I'll do some independent work. No, Vin, you will never do any independent work. Surely I'll have another franchise. No. no. You will do, you'll say one sentence in a Marvel movie repeatedly. And that is that'll be the most <laughs> bankable well, thing he, that you do. You know, he has he has another franchise. It's just not as good. He only has one good movie in that other franchise. Yes. Are you talking about I can't I can't tell if you're talking about Triple X or uh Pitch Black. Pitch Black, mm-hmm. baby. Oh, Pitch the Chronicles of what? Radic? Radic. This yeah. shit is Radic. Um, <laughs> um and also yeah. too, Michelle I mean, Michelle Rodriguez did get stuck on an island for she did. Question mark many years. She did. I was very yeah. confused going back through the movies because she, spoiler, she'll be dead eventually. Don't watch the trailer for nine because I know she's in that, but she will die somewhere in the middle <laughs> of this franchise. Yeah. But yeah, all these guys are practically unknowns. You know, mm-hmm. Vin Diesel. Uh, I think they wanted Timothy Oliphant for that role. And he wow. was like, I did gone in 60 seconds and I don't want to. And it's oh, like, yeah. that's actually a very good call. Wow. That's but right. yeah, Vin Diesel was like, he, he's the guy in Saving Private Ryan who gets dusted, like, first. He's the Iron Giant. And he's the Iron Giant. <laughs> no, yeah. I always forget that about him, and it always makes me love him more. You got to pick up the DVD, because they put him as the host of all the cheesy special features, because he was nobody yet. Hey, I hope you're here. We're going, behind the scenes, look, and then. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. And uh, but, but, yeah, this movie is perfectly fine. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, I don't hate it. I hate two and four much more than this one. Um, Ew, but, yeah, those are awful. But uh, yeah, and this is stupid as hell and fun. Yeah, what do you want? You want stupid fun? We get stupid fun. Stupid fun. Does baby. the plot make sense? Not really. Hey, look, it's summertime, y'all. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Like these are the movies you want to see in the summertime. Yeah, and, yeah. and I still give these movies credit for taking the medium of film and doing taking the most money and making the most elaborate stunts, giving you exactly what the movies were built for mm-hmm. uh, with occasional CG, but like real fun thoughts, like elaborate stunts. And like, it's, it's a good thing and it should yeah, be rewarded. It's, it's the sort of thing that sometimes when you watch movies, you see the opposite of this, but mm-hmm. I feel like with the fast movies, you, they definitely come up with what they want to do first and mm-hmm. then figure out how to do it. Where yes. I feel like in a lot of stuff we see now, they come up with the technology to do something first and they figure out how to, do a, an interesting looking thing with it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, I totally get you. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you drag a bank vault around Brazil or, yeah. uh, <laughs> or fight a tank in Spain <laughs> <laughs> or turn, yeah. uh, or unleash 800 zombie cars on the streets of New York city. Like it's so cool. <sighs> this series is amazing. So don't get left behind again. I can't recommend that enough. Do not be snobby about this. There's plenty of other films to hate more than this no. one. Uh, and don't series. worry, we will be doing some, and probably an after show after we watch. Oh fuck yeah! I'm so excited. The theater. I'm so excited because I have not ever gone through. I haven't gone through all of them since seven, and I think that's what we're, we're going to go through at least the la- the last four before I see the next one. Maybe not Hobbs and Shaw, but we'll see. Aww. Did you like Hobbs mm. and Shaw? I I, just... I loved every second okay. of it. Ow! Ow! Stop licking my cowboy uh, lotion. Your sandpaper tongue on my wounds, kitty. Ow! Yeah. You better... I, I still, I still haven't seen eight 
or Hobbs and Shaw, but all I can think of with Hobbs and Shaw is is our friends who love the character Han so much mm-hmm. that they refuse to see it because no, no, he killed Han, and and I won't forget. I believe our friend Carolyn screamed like, that in the theater, like he killed Han, and I was like, so did Kylo Ren, and he got to kiss the girl at the end. Uh, so like, yeah, but. Han might be back because no one ever actually dies in this shit. So I, I, again, don't watch the trailer to nine. If you don't want things like that spoiled for you, because they, I don't know how they're doing. And anyway, anyway, <laughs> yeah, whatever cloning, who knows? Anyway, space technology. Uh, and yeah, I believe timeline wise, this is at least the first fast movie. It doesn't get complicated yet. So <laughs> first fast movie is the first fast mm. movie. Mm. Woo. See it moving into television. Um, the famous Jed Jackson finale. Uh, like yeah. I said, I'm 21 and living in my own house. I don't know this Disney Channel show. I can't nope. remember if we talked about this when it started a couple of years ago, but this was a really fun show that was on the Disney Channel, and it does not get as much love as Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens does, but I think it's just as it was just as fun and just as interesting. And we also, did, was he the the movie star or the action? Yeah, star? Yeah, okay. yeah, the action television star who um, basically convinced the production to move back to like his North Carolina hometown so that he could be with like his friends and his family while he's shooting the show. That is, it's a show within a show situation. So that is the premise of the show. And it was very sweet. And, and I really enjoyed watching it. Um, It was kind of the sort of thing that, you know, when I was in high school, I'd like come home and like put throw on the Disney channel while I was doing homework or something like that. And this would be on. And it was kind of a cute thing to watch. So yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because it doesn't get as much love as the other TV shows of that same sort of on Disney get. And I'm sure there's other people out there who love this. So a quick correction. If you don't want to spoil anything for Michelle Rodriguez or a Han story arc, don't look at the poster for fast nine (laughs) (laughs) real hard pivot into Luke and Laura divorcing on general hospital. That's right. Or just some people you know. <laughs> just some people I know. Just some no. friends of my parents. Yeah. I was no. real sad. <laughs> yeah, just just no. my, just a, a never say never version of Star Wars that only Sarah and I have seen with <laughs> with uh, Luke and Laura Skywalker. <laughs> they get together and then divorce. <laughs> but they got married in like the early '80s, so I kind of assumed they would have divorced and gotten back together, and someone would be put in a coma and then leave the show for a while, and well, there'd be apparently- more relationship drama. This is at least the first divorce for them. I I don't know. Maybe there were many afterwards. I I'm sure someone died for together. a little while. I tried to read into like the chronology of their relationship because they were like the soap opera couple. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they're still I think on the cover of like Soap Opera Weekly every now and then when I'm in the grocery store and I take a peek at it. And <laughs> it, it just I think it was a big deal at the time because they were like the super couple of the soap operas. So I felt like we should throw them in there. But also yep. too, they their relationship they did get together after mm. he raped her. And so in oh. the storyline. <laughs> Real soap opera courtship, I see. Eee, ah. Yay, yay, yay. So yeah. A real There it uh, is. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon situation. It was a it. very big deal in soap opera quarters that they divorced. So one oh. to acknowledge yeah. it. Okay. Um, somehow I'm going to have to pivot into Xena Warrior Princess after that. The finale. No. Uh, I can't believe it's finally over having not seen a single episode. Um, yes. Is there a let's clip all take a, Yeah. Let's just all take a moment to like, you know, give our final prayer to Xena Warrior Princess. 
I like that it was a spinoff from Hercules and became infinitely more popular. And we're at a point on Twitter where Lucy Lawless completely feeds Kevin Sorbo his balls on a regular basis. Uh, (laughs) Could anything be better than that? No. It is. It does show you there are some things right with the timeline. It's very fun. In fact, let's celebrate a little bit by playing that clip. Okay. It's just her warrior call that I think that we should just employ at all times. <laughs> I'll I'll go ahead and pretend it's not appropriated and uh, yell it at my mailman. Hopefully, not the next person I see. And don't yell it at your mail person. I mean, just trying to do their job. Run out and grab my Amazon package. What is it? It's rope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh. one of these shows where. So many people have told me, like, you like it, it's really stupid but fun. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I like stupid but fun to a point. And then I've seen, like, bits and pieces and clips and, like, maybe one whole episode. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, this is stupid and fun. Well, mm-hmm. Lucy Lawless runs around with her buddy Gabrielle, but they're not in a relationship, but they totally mm-hmm. are. And then she just, like, kicks a bunch of motherfuckers and wields a sword around. And it's made on a budget of about $18 and some string. It's pretty damn fun. <laughs> yes, it's yeah, great. It's just, it's, I mean, I love the people who love Xena Warrior right. Princess. Like there are the diehards out there. I appreciate them and me I too. see them. And it's I, I wish I would have been involved in it at the time. It seems like something that me might too. be a little too dated to step into at this point. A yeah. full screen one forty P television program. Let me just put it this way. If I'm in a hotel and I'm flipping through the channels and it's go. on, I'm not gonna turn it there off. Oh, I'll settle there. Nice. I'll settle on yep. that marathon for a little while. I somehow didn't bring my fire stick. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Um, and, and But one of my favorite yeah. shows to I mean, watch. Six, six seasons, man. There's plenty plenty to watch. Mm-hmm. Half the seasons of Xena, but no less mighty. Our next show, mm-hmm. which was my dad. Like, I would come back to my parents' house and watch this with my dad because we were big Martin Short fans. And he, I felt a little sad at the time just because Martin Short was like starring in movies and like every one of his sitcoms failed. Mm-hmm. Um, including the Martin Short show on um, on NBC, but a, a character premiered there, a chubby little character that nobody liked. Jiminy Glick premieres on that NBC show, and he gets his own Comedy Central show, and there is like almost nothing to the show. It is just a fake show that Jiminy Glick hosts, Primetime Glick, with his brown-skinned uh, band leader, Michael McKeon, probably wouldn't fly nowadays. It's just a, a, a know-nothing interviewer. <laughs> Who, of Martin Short in a fat suit, falling over, filling his face full of stuff, and insulting all of his guests. And the first episode, I'm happy to say, now we know Martin Short and Steve Martin are actually best of friends. They do not hang out with Chevy Chase. This is not canonical. <laughs> I mean. But they uh, they have a great rapport with one another. And so great, I, I went over all of these interviews with Steve Martin with a fine-tooth comb. Steve Martin really just like lets Jiminy Glick steamroll him. He does not try and get a word in edgewise or say something funnier. He just lets Martin go in his character of Jiminy Glick interviewing Steve Martin. You were known for a long time as Pig Eye Jackson. What's that about Pig Eye Jackson? I was known as Pig Eye Jackson as kind of a. What to the ladies? <laughs> no, just in my act. Let's see a little bit of Pig Eye no, Jackson. No, I didn't now. do. I didn't do it. So how come you were called Pig Eye Jackson? It was kind of an alias, like a comic alias. Oh. Yeah. And then it, you tried it for a while and it didn't play. No, it did play. It, it was didn't just that play. It was a, it Not was according a, to people I've uh, spoken to. Uh-huh. I loved all the different catchphrases you do, like, uh, um, I want to say, I want to say, I pity the fool, but that was Mr. T. It's an exciting interview. When do we get to a question? 
I don't get Are you doing more of your irony humor? Yes, actually. I'm sorry. And do you think that's what's kept you out of the big, big money? Well, it keeps your work uh, at a certain level of, of, of being good, but not very good. And I think that's a great place to be. I would think that when you do jokes, you'd want people to respond and laugh. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes they do when it's a different type of person different or audience. Different type of person, a yes. different type of audience. Mm -hmm. An audience, let's say, uh, more with booze on their breath. No. <laughs> I, don't, I love Jimmy Glick so much. I never want him to go away. Oh, I want to do a whole age of time about him and the basis of him because mm -hmm. that's even funnier. Because I didn't grow up in L.A. I know it was based on a real guy who talked like mm -hmm. that and maybe had children being um, Morgan Mason and Matthew and Modine. <laughs> uh, is it, I mean, is this streamable anywhere? This it, I have a feeling it is not. If it was, it'd be on Paramount+. Plus. I'd say, it, what's even mm -hmm. a bigger bummer is another <laughs> failure of a show Martin Short had was Maya and Marty, the uh, mm -hmm. laughing-inspired Lorne Michaels-produced sketch comedy show Maya and Marty with Maya Rudolph um, and Martin Short. Oh, um, man. And it was on Hulu, but then they took it off. But fans of Jiminy Glick, like every episode had a Jiminy Glick interview with like Larry David. And Larry David, I love is like no fucking patience for Jiminy Glick. <laughs> 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 why would you why would you say that? You're fuck you're an idiot. Who would talk to you? And <laughs> uh yeah. but And it's sad that there I mean, there is the Jiminy Glick and Lala Wood movie, which is not as good mm -hmm. because yeah, I mean it's it's a narrative movie, whereas this is yeah. Uh, watching right. him make yeah, fun of just, celebrities is just so much fun. Like, take the piss yeah. out of celebrities. Yeah. I think my favorite is still Tom Hanks, where we find out that Tom Hanks has been doing a voice this whole time to be more marketable. <laughs> and it, his real voice is much more like this. <laughs> it's like answering the phone. Oh, just a second. Hello. Hello. Oh, that's wonderful. Watch. Prime. I know it's. It has like two DVDs. I own one of them, and that's where a lot of the YouTube rips come from. If not a, because Viacom has been pretty strict about taking these down. So maybe on Paramount Plus. I don't have it because we haven't heard word one from our friends in LA for a sponsorship for Paramount Plus. A mountain of content. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say a heap of content, a trash heap of content until we're paid up. <laughs> until. Until we're square, Paramount, Viacom. Yeah. Uh, books of 2001. We got a rare book in here from uh, hey the 19th of June. And yeah. uh, one one people recognize, but probably not from being a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I would recommend this. Uh, American Gods is published on June 19th. And it's a fantasy novel. It's by Neil Gaiman. I love Neil Gaiman. Gaiman? Gaiman? However you want to pronounce Gaiman's his name. Gaiman's funnier. I was close, Gaiman. Yeah, everything he does, I enjoy as a writer. Um, this is one of the first books that I ever read by him. He also wrote Good Omens, which I also recommend, and Nazi Boys, which is great. Stardust, which is really, really good too. So, but that. this is a great, very immersive novel, which goes into basically a, a human man who is just being released from prison and becomes an assistant to sort of this con man who takes him around the country and he is a helper in this battle between the old gods of people that you know you know about like Odin and mm -hmm. you know the older gods that you know about from mythology and the new gods which are like technology and all these new things that the uh, modern world has brought and it's immersive it's this pure escapism it's a fantastic summer read i think and if you're really looking for something to just like take you to another place and wait is it a comic or a novel 
it's a novel. Okay. It's a very, very immersive novel. And it's definitely the type of novel that will sneak you into some really philosophical ideas without really being aware of it and without hitting you over the head with it. And that's everything that Neil Gaiman does, which I absolutely love. He's one of my favorite authors, read pretty much everything he's written, and I can't recommend this enough, honestly. Like this and Good Omens, they're both like, I read them really closely together and I love them both equally so much. That's, that's gonna he also be- wrote The Ocean at the End of the Lane, which is a shorter book that is a great way to kind of get your start uh, with Neil Gaiman. And of course, Stardust, which I absolutely loved the movie that they made of Stardust. That's what so Matthew Vaughn left X-Men to do. <laughs> Matthew Vaughn um, left X-Men to make that movie. It's so good. I love that movie too. And so Stardust will also like no, no love in. for Sandman? Never read Sandman. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he also, uh, I think a lot of people know him from collaborating with Terry Pratchett, who did Discworld. I thought you were going to say Todd Together. McFarlane, but whatever. He, yeah. <laughs> he's done a so, lot, yeah. of, he's done that, a lot that, more that than I thought. A, that's actually a huge oversight on my part that I have not gotten into the Why Sandman. Why can't you read something with pictures in it? <laughs> my brain pictures, I appreciate more. No, just kidding. Yeah. I read a lot of graphic novels. I just... For whatever reason, Sandman has escaped mm. me. Stop licking yeah. my legs, girl. Me too. People oh. keep telling me to do it. Haven't gotten around uh-huh. to doing it. Same with reading American Gods. I watched the show for like a season and a half. I love the first episode. Like, there's a lot of it that was really good, but like there wasn't a hell of a lot of story. It was just sort of like, we're just going to sit here and be weird. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that lines up with the book or not. I mean, it's sort of Twin Peaksy in that way. It was just like, well, if you're here for the story you're you're out of luck mm-hmm. but gillian anderson po- doing a, both a david bowie impression and a lucille ball impression because okay. she's uh what could what, be better like, like mass media whatever she is so good yeah i mean i think that i got i i have not watched the adaptations because i'm very picky about that sort of thing and so i like to mm-hmm. be in the right place for it i got the impression though based on the reviews that they are for people who are fans of the book. So you mm. have to probably be pretty familiar with the book in order to really appreciate it. That gotcha. is the impression I've gotten, but please, you guys, prove me wrong. <sighs> Let me know if I'm totally off base on that. All right. Stop licking hmm. my goddamn legs. Oh, God. It's hurt so much. Video games of 2001. Uh, this is fun. Time Crisis Project Titan, a PlayStation exclusive sequel to... <laughs> To the famous gun game, uh, Time Crisis, a game I just love to death. Save the president's daughter. I want it's to see one of those titles where I feel like you could rearrange all the words. Titan Project have... uh, Crisis Time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Project Time, Titan Crisis. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I wanted to see if you could recognize this game from its little intro. I thought it was really clever at the time. I loved it. And that was all you got. You didn't get the song. It just went straight to the title oh. screen for Twisted Metal Black. Twisted Metal Returns with its original with its original creator to the PS2. And it is one of the only things I've ever enjoyed that has been rebooted but darker in my entire life. It is so dire and mean to its characters and uh, just morose and just dark, 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 bleak, bleak, bleak. Um, and it had an online, one of the first things I've ever played online in a PlayStation 2. I should say this, we were talking about a PlayStation 1 release and a PlayStation 2 release in the same sentence. And I teased earlier, we might have a coast-to-coast release 
I love this. Sonic the Hedgehog debuts. I'm all in. The game I think I jumped off. Sonic Adventure 2 for the Dreamcast. Have you ever wanted to play as Son- oh, Sonic's <laughs> cute and adorable friends? No. No, I have never <laughs> wanted to dig around for things slowly instead of play as the character who can practically fly quickly. Uh, okay, well, that sounds more my speed, honestly. No, you would not want to play those Knuckles levels, I assure you, nor the Big the Cat fishing levels. But uh, this is the first Sonic game I was like, no, it took 10 years in multiple releases to, for me to say, no more, I can't do this. I'm going to, I'll pop in and out of the series uh, from here on out. Remember I teased that we have, have some coast-to-coast releases? I really think it's going to be Sonic for the first time ever. Whoa. Uh-huh. Whoa. Yeah, thank you. I'd like to thank my co-host for t- pretending to be excited about that. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, when things line up, not just like, oh, it came out in June yes. of 2001, but the same week. The same, yeah, the same week as the debut and little Chrissy's jump off point, like where I'm not going to, I'm not going to care about this anymore. I'm a 21 year old man. I, can't, I, can't. I definitely bought this though at the time. Uh, we're closing out with what? You guys got to choose. Well, uh, I was I was going to close close out with Tell Her by Lone Star, uh, just mm. because it's like, oh, that I vaguely recognize. But then turns out, oh, there was something off that 311 album I recognize even more. Yeah. Thank you, someone, for reminding me that. Yeah. Oh, Amber is the color of energy. Yeah. OK, look, y'all, I know that we all agree about 311. OK, they I suck get it. They, they throw a really nice cruise. Uh, I'm into this song. This song is a very nice jam when you're driving out to the beach, when you're in high school, and the guy that you have a crush on, he kind of has a crush on you, but you guys haven't really like, figured out what you're going to do yet Like about that. He makes you a mix CD, and then this song is on it. Oh, no. I'm just saying, that's like a very general idea of when this song would be like really yeah. perfect. <laughs> and you're a white girl who's never heard reggae before. <laughs> yes. Aww. <laughs> Okay. I thought it was just because if you're doing a podcast with Sarah remotely and she's on a video screen and she's backlit, uh, Amber does look like the color of her energy because of her hair. <laughs> it does. Look at her. A little yep. halo happening. Uh, sure. Let's close out with Amber by 311. We'll be back. Stay tuned to see whether or not we also suck balls. Don't move. Whoa. Amber is the color of your energy. Folks, you know us here at the Laser Time Network. We consume a lot of content for quote-unquote research purposes. <laughs> From games to TV shows to movies, we're always online downloading something, streaming something. But there are times when it's nearly impossible to access a piece of content you want because it isn't available in the U.S. for whatever reason. Oh, those things like annoying licensing deals, geo-restricted servers, or platforms that are just not available in your location make it next to impossible to get your hands on the stuff you want. Hey, that's why we couldn't be happier that NordVPN is our sponsor today, and they provide an easy-to-use workaround for all these problems. With over 5,400 servers in 59 countries, they can always find a server to get us access to the game, shows, and movies. We need to do our job. It could not be any simpler to use either. With their AutoConnect feature, you can instantly access the fastest VPN solutions out there across a variety of devices, including PC, Android, iOS, Mac, and even more. Hey, maybe even Android TV. Just open a map, click on a location, and you'll be connected in seconds. It is that easy. Is there a game or movie or TV show not available in your country? It's not a problem anymore. Just change your virtual location for access to a variety of international storefronts. You can even do this to access different streaming platforms that may not be available
available in your home country. Talking to you, Canada. You can find discounts on games, lower streaming subscriptions, and even take advantage of international sales and pricing. So how do you get on this? Easy. Go to nordvpn.com slash lasertime or use the coupon code lasertime to get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. And hey, they even have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you've got nothing to lose. Once again, go to nordvpn.com slash lasertime to use the code lasertime, one word, to get a two-year plan plus one additional month at a huge discount. Thank you, NordVPN. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corn. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of June 18th through 24th, we have an assortment that is like they're all light recommends, except for one is like a strong recommend, but it's strange. Okay, so let's start with 40 years ago this week. We have up against each other uh, Superman 2 and Cannonball Run. Not bad. Not bad. Cannonball Run is big, dumb, goofy fun. Big. I, I love this. With Fast and Furious lining up like that, boom, perfect. Big, goofy fun. And Superman 2, I think, is definitely the best of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies by quite a bit. Definitely throw out that we just lost Ned Beatty, who's seriously one of the best character actors of all time. I know so many people who just know him. You know, they were kids, like, in the late 70s, early 80s with the the Superman movies where he's, you know, the, the wacky sidekick. And to compare that to the rest of the work he did is freaking stunning i mean his he only has one scene in network that's like a three minute speech and he dominates a movie that is already amazing i mean he's in rudy he's in all the president's men uh deliverance and uh, we've already talked about him in toy story 3 and rango those two fantastic voice performances so yeah let's uh feel the love for ned Beatty. we just don't we don't get guys that versatile anymore 50 years ago this week another car movie Le Mans, starring Steve McQueen. A real good car movie. And then, I don't know why this is releasing in the summer, but 1971, again, 50 years ago this week, Robert Altman's anti-Western McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which is not a summer movie. It all takes place in the snow, in the, the mountains, in Colorado. It's, uh, if you like me and you like Westerns, it's definitely an odd one. I, I love Westerns, and I especially love anything that subverts the Western, that takes the formula and fucks with it, and... Yeah, this one fucks with it because it's all about uh, Warren Beatty and Julie Christie in this tiny little town, you know, kind of think Deadwood, but constantly with, you know, hip deep snow at, at like the early 1900s, you know, trying to build something out of this wilderness. And they like start a brothel and not a ton of stuff happens. And yet it's just like hypnotic, like you are so engaged in what the hell is going to happen with these people? What's this town going to be? All, all of these like little minor characters coming in and out are all so interesting because it's a Robert Altman film and that's what he do. And yeah, solid recommend. I just don't think about for summer though. It's this is a really good wintertime movie. You know, when you're like bundled up and get a fire going, oh, that'd be perfect. McCabe and Mrs. Miller, and also Le Man, but also Superman Two and also Cannonball Run. The, summer's weird. I guess it's just summer. It's everything. You get everything. It's great. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming in uh, to 2011 with uh, Beyonce, Run the World. 
uh, parenthetical girls. Uh, girls. We run this, run this. Uh, off of the album Four, which I'm going to guess is her debut album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is a great song, but it's like kind of my least favorite song of that album. There are just so many other great songs on this album, too, but I think it's probably the most well-known. But I have to tell you that Countdown is one of my favorite songs that she's ever done because it's like a crazy song where there are so many different like segments to it that are all different styles and it's very <laughs> exciting so it keeps going and then i mean also i was here has one of the best music videos of all time always kind of makes me tear up a little bit the best thing i never had is fantastic oh, yeah. and then get yourselves ready because we're going to talk about love on top in august when we talk about the vmas <laughs> and we'll have to devote like a full segment to how I feel about that song. I, I believe that's the song <laughs> I performance at the VMAs. I believe that's the song I have never heard outside of my own house or your house. And uh, I know it in my head, but I don't know what it's called or any of the lyrics. But I know exactly how it sounds and exactly how it ends. Yes. Uh, ooh, can't wait! Can't wait for everyone else to have to experience Sarah's love for this. You will never experience it as drunk as I have, but um... <laughs> that's probably true. Um, Unless you're lucky. No, it's, 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 it's hearing someone passionately yell about how awesome something is when they're hammered is fantastic. It's a rare luxury. <laughs> it is. Uh, new releases in 2011, June 18th to the 24th, also include "The Light of the Sun" by Jill Scott. Get your heart on. Uh, Heart On by Simple Simple Plan, you scallywags making me say that. Under Soil and Dirt by The Story So Far and Fly From Here. Yeses, 20th studio album, our second <laughs> yes reference of the podcast. Uh, jokes going coast to coast, Rolling in the Deep by Adelaide is number one. That's Adele. I just like saying it like that. Uh, 2011, man, Daniel Craig and Rachel Wise marry and are still together. Here so. Damn. Good for them. It's nice to see something work out every so often. Those people could have anything they want and still like each other. Neat. Um, and after after hiding for 16 years, I, did I just watch? Is this that movie where Johnny Depp played uh, Whitey Bulger? After yep. hiding it for 16 years, gangster Whitey Bulger is arrested 10 years ago. God damn, that was a 70s movie. 2011, uh, let's jump right into the movies because there are many, many to mention. Page one, A Year Inside the New York Times. That sounds like something. We should probably watch now and give them a little thanks for the last yeah. four years. <laughs> yeah, it's well, no, I mean, it's a good documentary. It's interesting because really it's about print journalism dealing with online stuff. Mm. That's like the bulk of it. And also like they're dealing with, you know, WikiLeaks becoming a big story and, and having to deal with that and uh, you know, all all these other things. Mm. And I, I feel like every conspiracy theorist should watch it just so you can see how fucking boring newsrooms yeah. actually are. <laughs> yeah, I, I went there in uh, 2017 in the Trump era. Yes, there were a lot of Trump standees with like clown noses on them. <laughs> but yeah, it was a bunch of people in cubicles working their ass off. Um, no one and no one really. I, I just wanted to see one person hand some hand someone else some copy and then someone else freak out. But it didn't yeah. happen. I know I had one, I've worked at newspapers for so, so, so many years, and I missed my one opportunity to ever hear someone say, stop the presses. Stop the presses. <laughs> Election night 2000. And I'm bitter about it to this day. What were you doing? My shift was over. I went home at like 8 p.m. Oh, stop the presses. Al Gore yeah, is a loser. When, I, I missed it. It was something around like 1 a.m. They, they were like, fuck! <laughs> wow. Or, get, or just change it completely and have people buy two papers in two days. Come on. Papers, think ahead. Uh, yeah. A Better Life by Demian Bercher and Georges Julian. I'm guessing that's a, 
uh, foreign movie? No, this is an American movie. Oh, no shit. Uh, yeah, just, with uh, Demi, and, <laughs> Demi and Bashir and Jose Julian. Mm -hmm. But it's directed by Chris Weitz, who The American Pie guys? American Pie, but also about a boy. Okay. And I feel like here he's he's cashing in the chips he made on, uh, was it Twilight, Breaking Dawn? No, mm -hmm. not Breaking Dawn. What was the last? What was the third one? Uh, New Moon. New one Moon. Of, whatever. He Yeah. Yeah, he did that like last year, and now he's cashing his chips to make a movie about what it's like to be mm. a, an undocumented immigrant, you know, working and with, you know, your son is being kind of a pain and doesn't understand where you're coming from or what, what you had to do to work so hard. And it's, it is really good. It, it feels incredibly naturalistic. It feels like you're just dropping in on your neighbors, not like you're mm. watching a movie. Mm. Uh, Demian Bashir is a super underrated actor. I feel like maybe just because his English is so great. Uh, we haven't seen him in more stuff, English language, but mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think, Chris, you probably recognize him from um, Hateful Eight, where he's just Bob, who calls everyone cabron all That's the time. Bob? That's Bob? Cabron? Yeah, it's Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but he can say cabron better than anyone. I love Bob. That is great. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was wondering who Bob was. I had not. I was not familiar with the actor who played Bob. Yeah, um, no, Damien Fischer is a really, really good actor. And yeah, yeah, Better Life is, at, I mean, probably one of his highest profile english mm. performances he's it's really good mm. speaking of high profile performances Cameron mm. diaz possibly <laughs> some of the movies that chased her out of show business john michael higgins lucy punch justin timberlake and jason siegel and Cameron diaz's bad teacher now who has the answer to my question you chubbs um on june 24th when i first started teaching i thought that i was doing it for all the right reasons shorter hours summers off no accountability the rules of teaching are about to be tested it's good to know there's still some actual educators out there morons cameron diaz justin timberlake and jason siegel twilight what do we talk about in class don't throw at her throw through her bad teacher rated r june 12th oh bad teacher rated r Ooh. <sighs> Didn't get a chance to watch this. I'd like to know what you guys think because I've heard Cameron Diaz basically say, "I don't, I don't want to be an actress anymore." <laughs> and hmm. this, in like sex tape, being some of her last, you know, Cameron starring Cameron Diaz roles. I think she's done also with things. Jason Siegel. Also with Siegel. Yeah, she trusts that man. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I watched it. I, I was sort of like, "Eh, we'll see." I had high hopes because it's directed by Jake Kasdan, who's made one of the greatest comedies of all time, "Walk Hard." Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Love "Walk Hard." And I was just sort of disappointed. Like, mm -hmm. I, there just weren't that many jokes. Like, I got maybe two chuckles. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that Cameron Diaz fucking goes for it in making this a despicable <laughs> character. Mm -hmm. It's not just she's a bad teacher or a lazy teacher. She's a terrible, terrible human being. And it's not just like, oh, she's getting high and then making all her students just watch Lean on Me. No, I mean, she's... She's a horrible person. And <laughs> mm. I, I appreciate the willingness to, to get ugly. Um, but I was just I was just let down in general. Lucy Punch, I think, steals a lot of the movie. It's just sort Lucy of Lucy Punch steals everything. I love yeah. Lucy Punch so much. And she plays she's so versatile. Like she shows up in a lot of situation comedies, like you know, as like maybe a couple episode arc here or there. And Every time she does, I'm so happy to see her on screen because she just, like, is versatile. She's always playing a different type of character, I feel like. And mm -hmm. she's really fucking funny. She's yeah. just great. Like, I, I wish pe more people knew her name. Yeah. But she, she steals so much of the movie by being, like, the the 
pissed off teacher who's like super friendly and super inventive like let's get the kids to experience learning and just hates that cameron diaz is just an idiot and mm. can't just can't fucking stand it and is trying to hone in on the guy that she likes justin timberlake who's playing a very odd very odd character yeah <laughs> diana's it's... face was amazing right there <laughs> i mean it's very strange <laughs> so correct me if i'm wrong but he kind of plays like a do-goodery type of teacher but then also mm-hmm. has some like weird stuff going on and he's I like think... so do-goodery that like his idea of cheating on somebody he's really into dry humping there is yeah. a Ew. lengthy, grotesque scene of yeah. aggressive dry humping. This is ringing a bell. So I saw this when it came out in the movie theater because I am a big proponent of going to the movie theater and paying money to see comedies because I feel like that's the only way they're going to continue to get made. Hmm. Even if they're not that good, we just need to tell people that we like to see comedies and we want to see more of them. Anyways, I really feel like this stretch – shows that Justin Timberlake is not the comedic actor that he wants to be and that we all seem to want him to be. Like, oh. let mm. that dude just get, like, host SNL every two years mm. and let it be as far as him doing other comedic roles. Oh, I'm my. not into it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I remember this not being very memorable and the stuff that I do remember, yeah. I didn't enjoy that much. Like, n- certainly no laughs laugh out loud moments yeah i had to i Um, wonder just looking at it like is this what people who like cameron diaz want to see her doing are you trying to win over people who may not like cameron diaz by having her be this person uh, unclear uh, honestly i mean have we talked about horrible bosses yet that's coming up we're so we're in the stretch of let's just give everything the obvious title yes we don't want any google mistakes uh what's that movie about the bad teacher the horrible bosses or the bad moms You'll yeah, find yeah. it. Yep. Oh You'll my find god! It. Yeah, you're right. You'll okay. What about the one yeah, with the office of... Christmas party? You'll find it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in the midst of that. Well, yeah, I would say definitely skip this. But if you want to see a beautiful blonde woman who is an awful person, skip this and watch Young, Young Adult, Adult instead because it is one of the Ooh. best movies ever. Is that not the same guy? Uh, no. no, no, no. Director, no. I mean. No. Oh, okay. And if you want to see, um, it's a diff- Wait, isn't it? It's a different son of another. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm confusing. Yes, it. yes, it's Reitman, no. right? Yeah, I think it's Raven. Okay. Yeah, and it's written by Di- Diablo Cody. Mm-hmm. Uh, young adult is, by the way, and it's yeah. so good. If you want to see people, someone being a bad teacher, but is actually a very enjoyable experience, watch AP Bio. <laughs> hey, or School of Rock. I was or School of Rock. School of Rock. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for a School of Rock on this, and it just nope. Mm-mm. Well. Doesn't get any better from there. Uh, no. Diana no, wrote out wrote out the entire cast list, so I'm going to read it. But I want 30 2010 listeners to give themselves a point once they recognize what movie it is, and then one point for every actor. I'm also forced to read after that. So, <laughs> okay, get ready to score yourselves. The cast includes Catherine Hellman, Jeff Garland. Sig Hansen, Dale Waltrip, and Richard Petty, Lloyd Shear, uh, Michael Wallace, Jennifer Lewis, Cheech Marin, Bonnie Hunt. Michael, what? Michelle McKillop? I'm skipping that one. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave, Franco Nero, John Lasseter, <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell, David Hobbs, Brent Musburger, Lewis Hamilton, Jeff Gordon, John Turturro, John Ratzenberger, Paul Dooley. Paul Dooley's in... Okay. Uh, <laughs> Guido Cuar- <laughs> Cuar- Cuar- What? Yeah. Guido- it turns Guido- out I'm in this. Colroni? Uh, that seems like something... Some racist would call me on the street. All right. Tony <laughs> Shalhoub, Peter Jacobson, Joe Montaigne, Thomas... Uh, 
Kretschmann, Jason Isaacs, Eddie Izzard, Emily Emily Mortimer, Mike O'Kane, Larry the Cable Guy, and of course, Mr. Loki, Owen Wilson. Of course, we're talking about Cars 2, number one at the box office. You all saw it. For the trip of a lifetime. How'd you like to come and see the world with me? Is Pope Mobile Catholic? This summer, the cars are just racing around the world. Which way to the hotel, man? They're I'm racing sure. to save it. Is she American? Extremely. Disney Pixar presents an adventure that's bigger than ever. Finn Mac Missile. British intelligence. Go, mate. Average intelligence. Okay, 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 okay. Good lord. This this seemed wrong from the get-go, and I know I'm not the right person to tell you good things about cars too. And I'm, I know there are some, uh, mm-hmm. if you ever walked into a Disney store or met a little kid during this period, cars was really fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't think Pixar made it from us. It didn't come from a cynical place, but the idea of personifying and giving voices to cars, which little boys have been buying for generations and putting personalities to those was brilliant and giving them voices. And if you look at the short films they made with the Toe Mater series, uh, they supported these characters for decades, uh, technically, more almost more so than any other Pixar uh, franchise beyond Toy Story. Um, the Cars characters yeah. have lived on very, very far. But this is John Lasseter also coming back to like direct and usher the script, and something about it feels evil. And if <laughs> if because it, well, it's like this, I mean, there's this, a, a lot of people are just like they're just Disney made them do this to sell toys. There, e- no, it, I don't. It does have so. a Transformers like quality of like there's a lot of new characters introduced for not very good reason. Mm. So maybe you could say that. It, it, I was more irritated that like, and I don't. I I wish I could go back to a simpler time where Larry the Cable Guy was the thing I hated most in life. And that was <laughs> wasn't entirely true. But I look, I was on the internet with the rest of you. Like, oh, this b- blue collar comedy is tearing comedy world apart. Oh man, what I just invite that back any day now rather than like <laughs> a thousand other male comedians with bad podcasts who um, who are constantly complaining about cancel culture give me larry the cable guy every fucking day uh <laughs> but they basically he becomes the star of this film he is yeah. the star of this film which yeah <laughs> also starts just, michael king <laughs> yeah i mean it's i guess it's a good idea to all right let's take you know the the first cars movie it pretty much all takes place in this one horse town you know and that's kind of what it's about a small town values people have compared it to doc hollywood that we'll be talking about soon mm-hmm. it's kind of the same plot gotcha and this is like let's take those small town characters and and no. have them have wacky adventures in no. exotic places get down okay yeah it's like okay that's fine i'm you know i'm not huge on the fish out of water idea but that's fine but it's it's almost all mater yeah, yep. And he's a character that appeals to little tiny kids. They're not going to get why Michael Caine being a spy car is funny and that he seems to be. I think he's a, I think he's an Austin Martin DB5. But uh, mm-hmm. well, look, they don't get it because they haven't watched the Ipcrest file. Show your children the <laughs> Ipcrest file. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They don't want to watch that. But right. it's like the animation quality, of course, is superb. Everything looks gorgeous. Right. But it's just... It's a little kid movie. All the jokes are aimed at like eight-year-olds. Yeah, it feels like the like how long had it been at this point? Nineteen ninety-five to twenty eleven, like sixteen years worth of Pixar prestige was squandered on this. And if you were 
reading at the time, this is like a little after Disney had outright purchased the studio. So it seemed like something mm-hmm. that was almost, was this forced on them to like revisit the Cars movies? Because I remember them talking like, we don't really have any interest in doing sequels. And now it's mostly sequels in the Pixar mm-hmm. world. And mm-hmm. uh, this was not, no one wanted to see a Toy Story 2. That surprised us. But even more people didn't want to see a Cars 2. And it w- came out exactly as well, we thought. Grownups didn't. Kids, yes. of course, did. Yeah, kids did. You know? Which and, is important hey, to they mention. Did, they did great on Toy Story 2. I love It's Toy one Story of the best. Uh, the Toy Story series it might be the best four movies of any franchise ever. They really they really are all great. Yeah. All excellent. Yeah. And, and so... but but not the this movie is I hated this. I saw it in the theaters just like I've always had a good time mm-hmm. with Pixar movies. I've been really cynical about this and I just fucking hated it. I hated it. It wasn't for me and that's fine. And critically, you can see to this day it is the lowest scoring Pixar movie and I don't I've never seen The Good Dinosaur so I can't tell you if that's accurate but like I wasn't alone the critics were with me too like why is Pixar wasting their time on this and because we're all thinking about adults who want their cartoons which is fucking annoying (laughs) yeah I want I want everything to have a broad appeal you know and that's what's so great about the Pixar movies is that like little kids will watch Toy Story as a little kid and think it's fun and then Mm -hmm. Years later, they become a parent. They'll get something completely different out of it. You know, mm. that you, you, there's more there, there. And this one, there's not. Yeah, there's, there's nothing but surface level shit to the Cars universe. As mm. much as you might want to make it out to be a universe where cars become sentient after we're all dead, I love that theory too. <laughs> I really do. Because <laughs> they, they clearly sit in our seats in our stadiums. So it, <laughs> to watch themselves go in circles. Yeah, it's just, no. Nah. No, no, just yeah. I mean, a big part of it is that it's not for me, and that makes it even harder to judge. Mm-hmm. But as children's entertainment, you know, I, I feel like it's just sort of flashing lights and loud noises. Yeah, kids deserve better. Yeah, but uh, made a ton of money, so I guess yeah. everybody wins. <laughs> just not, just not us. Uh, but it's fine. There's plenty of other good Pixar yeah. movies to watch. And the third yeah, one is mom. not is not is a little more grounded um, than this one. This is just silly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I guess we can move on from that. There's no reason to kick a Pixar movie that kids like uh, in the dick repeatedly for an entire hour. Doesn't make any in sense. The piston. In the I piston. I assume that's the, the dick of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and, let, and let Sarah talk for a little while <laughs> as we move into television. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to bring up in television that on June 22nd, we have the debut of The Challenge, mm. colon, Rivals, which I normally have kind of ignored the challenge as a TV franchise when we've talked about TV uh, because Mm -hmm. they have at least one season a year, if not more than one. But there has been a little bit of talk on the LTC about how about fans, people have been talking about being fans of the challenge. And yeah, it's we talked about fear factor very recently. Dave has always been a fan of this and had no venue to talk about it. And, yeah. yeah, it's a, just such a great reality television program, especially when you're talking when we were just talking about Fear Factor. And again, mm-hmm. I reiterate, if you're looking for something like Fear Factor, the challenge will suit you just fine because it it itches all those scratches plus or scratches all those itches. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> plus, Ocean you, got, <laughs> you got drunk idiots trying to have sex with each other and fight each other <laughs> and sometimes both at the same time. And, and, and um, let's be, let's so, be clear. Like, yeah. the, like Fear Factor, they all have bad podcasts too, but nowhere near as influential. So <laughs> you can, agreed. You can watch, agreed. <laughs> you can watch with that in mind. 
Yeah. And also, I mean, I really like the one of the things that the challenge does is that like every season there's like a different sort of theme of like how they're going to make teams or how the challenge is going to actually go and how they're going to eliminate people. And this was the first iteration of Rivals where they took people who had previously gotten into fights on the show, gotten into physical fights on the show, mm. called each other sluts, had hooked up and then... <laughs> And then call each other sluts, like all different manners of rivals. um, They would pair them together. And so then they had to work together in order to potentially win, I think, several hundred dollars. I was going to say, please tell me what the prize was, because I know it was it was it was weak compared to six pack of Natty Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, you know what? I can tell you if you survive, if you survive this volcano drop with your mortal enemy, you will win five thousand dollars of Ben Stein's money. <laughs> I can tell you, I don't. If so, I know that like a couple people on the LTC were talking about, um, you know, going back and rewatching the seasons or watching the seasons for the first time. So I will not spoil who won this season eventually, but I will tell you, truly one of the most awful people on the show <laughs> won. All right, all right. Who do we, who do we got? Girls Gone Wild uh, owner. What are we? Uh, worse, no, but. So I will tell you, okay, so the first place, so there's there's male teams and female teams for this season, and the first place male team and female team each win $100,000. So okay. each well, person wins $50,000 at the end of this grueling time. I'm not in a position to sneeze at 50K, please. Right? Uh, yeah. I would help me yeah. out a lot. Let me Please, MTV, let me on. I know I'm 41. But... Anyways. I'm always up for challenge talk. Mm-hmm. Anyone wants, anytime anyone wants to talk to me about the challenge, I have a strong opinions, mm-hmm. and I really love the show. So, <laughs> you have the, the you and Dave every episode of Real World Road Rules rolled your uh, challenge. Rolled your <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Jesus, why is this even here? Oh God, Suits debuts on the twenty fourth. Uh, USA Network show. You could tell me absolutely anything about, say, it's starring anyone, and I'd be like, sounds nice. Uh, what about well, what? I mean, it's got Gabriel Nacht, who's Oh uh, no, what's he's from that one, the terrible Frank Miller movie. Uh The Spirits? Yes. The Spirit. Uh Patrick J uh J. Adams, can't tell you who that is. Gina Torres from uh Firefly oh. and the former Duchess of Sussex, Megan Markle. That's <laughs> former where people know. Megan Markle. I said former, former and yeah. Dulé Hill was on it. Like you, you, these are people that Camille you know. Nanciani. Oh, him yeah. I like. Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All kinds of people. And it's executive produced by your boy, Doug Lyman. I know you like My boy? My boy? Yeah. For what? Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Did he Did he produce Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? I'm at a loss here. What's he? A jumper. Uh, my jumper dog. My, I, based on your age, I assume you love Swingers. Swingers, that's probably it. He is okay. pretty money, baby. And that felt yeah. awful to say. It, yeah, no, Suits is fun. You know, it's it's one of these, like, low-stakes USA shows. <laughs> like, you know, mid-range budget. It's a lawyer-in show, just like, you know, The Good Wife or something, where everyone's, like, people have rivals and people take cases, and then there's sexy times and double-crossing, and, you know, yeah, it's fun. And, yeah. Oof, what do you want? Uh, hey, okay. it's Suits. What are you going to do, huh? It's Suits. It's USA. Good. Hey, it's not, at least it's not burn notice. Am I right? No, USA should just be called dad shows. Dad shows. They're dad um, shows. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's pivot to a totally different demo. <laughs> your, your, a mom book. Your dad is re- very worried if you're reading this book. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is first published on the 20th of uh, uh, June, about 10 years ago to this day. Fifty Shades uh, of Grey. Given fanfic fans something to jerk off about. Yes. You know what? 
I love fanfic people. Anyone who's willing to actually write, like put pen to paper, yeah, man, it's not easy. Finger keyboards mm-hmm. to write something, you know, I applaud them. Fifty Shades of Grey, though. <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> hey, for all for all you sex addicts out there and wondered why ten years ago did all these women want me to start spitting in their mouth? Here we go. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Fifty shades. From what I can tell, this it's not that uh, wild. So I know nothing about this. I really don't. Okay, Fifty Shades of Grey. If you somehow have escaped the public discourse of it, it's a romance novel that has a heavy emphasis on BDSM uh, sex play, and it was the author E.L. James basically started this story as Twilight fan fiction and then basically like changed the names of the main characters and then, you know, spun it into an actual novel that's got published somehow. It has Um, a movie trilogy. (laughs) And then now movie trilogy. Yeah. So I never read 50 shades of gray. I kind of was a little bit turned off by, we lived it. Oh, sorry. That's that's her. (laughs) (laughs) Not Um, together. (laughs) Not ew to that, but with me, I get it. Uh, but some of the discourse that surrounded it was that it kind of pathologized people who engage in bdsm behavior sexual behavior Mm -hmm. in a way that is unfair um again oh it's all because of a thing that happened with his mother right like he the the main character was like into bdsm because of trauma instead of it being just like a cool sex thing that he liked to do which is you know that that's not great Mm -hmm. so uh it's not a great way to portray a significant portion of the kink community so yeah those are some of the yeah it's also not good to have a massive power differential uh and like a knowledge differential between two people so that they like can't consent to know what they're getting into, you know, cause he's like a billionaire and she's like a college girl virgin. Mm. So I don't think she knows what she's getting into. And like, that's not great. And I still haven't read the book either. I've read really good breakdowns of it by people who are in the kink community talking about like, well, that's actually dangerous. Don't do that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not so I, – I don't have so much of a problem with him – her being like a college girl and him being like a billionaire or whatever. The fact that she was employed by him is not great to me. But mm-hmm. again, this is a novel too. I mean this is a way that a lot of people work out a lot of these sorts of fantasies in a safe way and I totally appreciate mm-hmm. that. I do think that hopefully that this novel – helped a lot of people find maybe a new way of expressing their sexuality that they maybe were not tapped into before. Mm-hmm. And if okay. that helps people, I'm totally into that. I just, uh, the part that I was like uncomfortable with was like the maybe unintentional pathologizing of kink expression and sexuality. Oh, I didn't mean to pathologize. A, yeah. <laughs> as a like expression of tra- past trauma when in reality it's just like a fun thing that you can do yeah. with your body. Watch how, watch when you get old and <laughs> sex like gets that. boring. You gotta, yeah. you gotta jazz yeah. it up. Some, some people are into that. Mostly, I always like with so many kink things. I just like feel bad. That's like, wow, you really got to put out effort to get off. Some of the rest <laughs> of us are just like, yeah, give me a couple minutes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go buy a bunch of straps. I don't have to have a safe for it. I don't have to buy a plush costume. Cost three thousand dollars. <laughs> but uh, not well, to get into it. Those people are like, 
I feel so lucky that I get to have these wild fantasies instead of, you know, some people, it just takes them a couple minutes and they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to wipe Cheeto dust off of anything. I envy them. I envy mm. them. Do what you want to do with consenting adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do your thing. Uh, seriously. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I, like, I don't think, I don't think I've talked to like any person's like sexual story if it's just like, yeah, we went home and we hooked up. Like, no, something has to get weird. And like, and then she brought this riding crop out and it got fucking awesome. Like, those are the stories I like to hear now. I don't care if you went <laughs> home with somebody. I want to know what's under their bed and if it, if it got nuts and if it was fun. And should I try it? Is that big enough for me? <laughs> Will this hold my weight? <laughs> um, but that is about it for the show. But I want, I want you guys to stick around for the, the deaths and birthday quiz. Right, oh, the games. games. The games. I can confirm something has happened here. Uh, well, first of all, Ocarina of Time 3D is out. A 3DS, Ooh. 3D version of one of the best games of all time at the very least one of the best zelda games of all time uh shadows of the damned which i misspelled and i'm laughing at calling it shows of the damned because that might as well be everything i export um fear three is also out and cars two is out on every platform funny sidebar if you don't know that story technically uh technically technically footage of cars two is the most viewed video game footage on youtube and it took mm-hmm. it took a bunch of people who were smart about algorithms to figure out why but i think long story short some guy in this period put 20 minutes of uncut footage and kids in the little window like i think i'm just watching the cars movie for 20 minutes um mm. and it to this day is the most viewed <laughs> viewed video game footage on youtube cars 2 um, makes a ton of money every month. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, I promise you this, our first ever Coast to Coast 30 2010 champion that I can think of, correct me if I'm wrong, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing releases on iOS this week. So Sonic the Hedgehog debuts Woo! at the beginning of the show. Uh, <laughs> Chris is jumping off point in the middle and something he wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole right here at the end. Uh, Sonic, even though I love Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, but I'm not playing on iOS. What am I, an idiot? You got to steer. Uh, I'm not tilting the steer. It's, it's ridiculous. But that's that's about, but we will go more in depth on this on patreon.com slash laser time. Adaya, where can people find you? They can find me on the Twitter at listeningerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. Mm. And teasing next week, we have, we've got robots. Oh my gosh, we've got a bunch of robots. We got transforming robots. We got little kid Haley Joel Osment robots. We have a cult horror movie about female adolescence uh, that I, I really it. looked forward to watching. Mm-hmm. And Return of Leslie Nielsen. And he's got a gun. Is the gun wearing clothes? No. Thank God. Thank God. It's the nude gun. Yes, know. everyone loves the movie. The I nude do not gun. want to watch. Dude, anything else with Leslie Nielsen that's not that franchise is terrible. Mm. <laughs> stay away from it. Um, and stay tuned for the birthday quiz where hopefully I will take the mantle back from Sarah, who has really kicked me, like pushed my shit in for the last two weeks, let's say. Truly, um, I have. <laughs> But uh, the deaths this week die. Who died during this period of 302010? Oh my gosh, we got so many. Let's yeah. start in 1991. We lost Jean Arthur, who was 90, classic film actress from uh, what the thing everyone probably knows from uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Hey. I guess she's in a ton of stuff like that. 2001, we lost Carol O'Connor, 76, Archie Bunker. It felt like less time. Anyway, I remember him being around forever. And it's it's only notable because yep. he is the opposite of the character he plays. And he spent the rest of his life yeah. telling you, I am a 
fierce progressive and I hated everything I said <laughs> and we were saying it for a reason. Please don't quote my lines to me in public. Yeah, I don't stop like telling that. me Archie Bunker is right, you stupid yes. bastards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also lost music legend John Lee Hooker, who is 83, and Eudora Welty, the author, who is 92. Then in 2011, we lost Ryan Dunn Ooh. from Jackass, who is only 34. Don't drink and drive. A Lamborghini. I think it was a Porsche 911, was, but whatever. Yeah. And then uh, we lost the big man, Clarence Clemens, who's 69. It's kind of nice, but not really, because he's, you know, the, like the best part of the E Street Band. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Max Weinberg stands. Big man up top now. Yeah. Uh. And then oh, we wanted him to turn around and ask one last thing, but he didn't. It was Peter Falk at mm. 83. He passed away. Oh. Peter Falk. As we did Peter not wish. Falk. Yeah. Narrator Princess Bride. I hate that that's my best memory of him, but like, what a great movie to be in. And... Dude, I know so many people. I see so many people on uh, online now. They're like 25 and going back and watching old Columbo. Yeah, man. It's fun. They have, they yeah. have no memory of them as children, but they are so much fun. Oh, Sam went and did that a couple years ago, and it was fantastic. I loved it so much. Columbo. Yeah, love that guy. But yeah. with, with the but... De- dead people out of the way, it's time for the people who were birthed during this period. Blah, 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 birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Turning sixty nine, also this week. <laughs> nice. Born June eighteenth, nineteen fifty two, in Rome, along with her twin sister, who's a professor of Italian literature. I did not know she had a twin, but that's weird that we've had twins two weeks in a row. Is that is it that guy from Buffy Monica the Vampire? Monica Bellucci. Thing? What? No. Interesting guess, but no. Was that just based on the Italian factor, Sarah? Does she have yeah, a twin yeah, as well? Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, a couple years before, her parents had been in the news a whole bunch, and so people were kind of paying attention when she was born. Uh, baby Jessica's parents. No. no. Oh. I, I did not know she had severe scoliosis as a child, and when she was 11, her spine was rebuilt using pieces of her shins. Liz Lemon. No. Uh... <laughs> After that, she grew up, worked as a translator and reporter, started modeling at the advanced age of 28, and was the face of Lancome for 14 years until she was too old at 43. Of what? Lon- Lonco? Lancome, the cosmetics company. Okay. I thought you were talking about some like uh, new advancement in lawn technology. The lawn comb. It's what we call a rake. <laughs> Did I mention somewhere in there she married Martin Scorsese in 1979? Uh, okay, I don't know who it is. Uh, it's not Ilyana Douglas. No. That was a long it's time not Juliette Binoche. Nope. Uh, movies of hers we have talked about. White Knights, Infamous, Crime of the Century, Tough Guys Don't Dance, and Big Night. There it is again. Uh-oh. You hear that, Dad? He's not listening. Keep going. Big Night, also The Imposters, just kind of the follow-up to Big Night. I recommend both those movies so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talked about Wild at Heart Cousins, her appearance on 30 Rock as Alec Baldwin's ex. They oh, own that's... an Arby's together. Uh, uh, Monica Bellucci. No. <laughs> what is her name? <laughs> um, not Julian Moore. <laughs> no. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She wants to sit oh, out a knife. Uh, Isabella. Isabella Is- Rossellini. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Why do you think you get that? That's a tie. That's a tie. We also talked about Blue Velvet, and we managed to not talk about green porno, which makes me so mad at myself. Green porno. Green porno is the best, everyone. Please go look it up. It was on IFC, and it was her talking about the mating rituals of animals, and she'd, like, dress (laughs) up as them. Yes. I did hear about that. She is crazy. Isabella Rossellini is one of the craziest people in the world. She's amazing. Otherwise, that's so mad it makes me want to sit on a knife. I think about that. 
Uh, her, her delivery on 30 Rock of, you know I love my big beef and cheddar. <laughs> oh, <look at> <laughs> Arby's outside of Telluride. Yeah. 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 Isabella Rossellini, her whole, like, for someone who's like, her uh. parents, it was a huge scandal when her parents got together. Uh, oh. Filmmaker Roberto Rossellini and Ingrid Bergman. And Death yeah, Becomes Her, a, right? Death Becomes Her? Yes, Death Becomes yeah. Her. We get to talk about, I think, next year. Okay. And, oh my God, finally. Yeah. Yeah, since then, I mean, she was engaged to Gary Oldman. She lived with David Lynch a whole bunch of years. I think oh. they met on Blue Velvet, which is like, honey, don't get together with the guy who makes you do that. What? Or maybe you do. I don't know. You have to trust I, someone a lot. I think we found who I want to be reincarnated as. Dude, she's the bomb. Yes, she really is. appreciate Isabella Rossellini, that she would just do such, being just like, one of the most beautiful women in the world and she just is like interested in weird stuff and Super just goes weird. I yeah. know I heard you say green porno and it was just like the first time in 10 years I was like the left have gone too far I, I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't I can't change now is green porno was that a show or were they just interstitials they were shorts so okay. they might have just been interstitials but as lots of like she's like dressed up as a bug and someone is like putting a knife on her face and he's like are you trying to seduce me do you think i am a bed bug uh, there's so I think much was, fun i think it was all bugs right i think there might have been salmon okay okay i think i think you recall her being dressed with the salmon on her head yeah okay yeah isabella rosalini is super cool please go watch big night and the imposters i love this movie so much mm-hmm uh, and then, is this really the song I have to close out with? <laughs> is it really and then to called? close out, so I was looking for something from 1991, mm-hmm. and that's when I saw, oh, this is about as high on the charts as one of the weirdest dance songs to ever become popular. Crystal Waters is Gypsy Woman, parentheses, she's homeless, <laughs> which is a dance song literally about feeling bad about someone being homeless because, like, she note. never gets to wear makeup, she's mm-hmm. homeless. Also, two words we just don't use anymore. <laughs> Gypsy, wo- Gypsy and woman, woman and-, and homeless and, and homeless. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people go with houseless, unhoused, unhoused. Mm. Yeah, and it's just a weird song, so I thought I'd throw that in there. I feel like Ooh. Isabella Rossellini might approve. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Let's close out with that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. I've had a blast this episode. Hope you have had one too. Maybe tell a friend about the show. Review us on wherever you uh, listen to the show. How about we just close out with Gypsy Woman? She's homeless by Crystal Waters <laughs> and say goodnight. <laughs>